Dennis. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, we did a lot of work on that Steven Seagal movie, and I just wanted to be able to, you know, make sure everything got in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I feel like it's turning out great. Uh, Mr. Seagal's 40-minute environmentalism speech at the end of the film is, is you know, really... 40-minute in the audiences. what? Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Anyways, I, we've got a little bit of, uh, you know, just want to punch up some bits here in this bar brawl scene. So uh, go ahead and just read the line that we have for you there on the paper, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Sure, yeah. Hey, hey oh, uh, Mr. Director, a uh, real quick yeah. question. Um, sure. I'm looking at the paper here. I don't know if uh, the paper got stuck in the machine or something, but there's only one line at the top there. Oh, no, that's it. That's it. Yeah. No, we just need that one line. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's give it a try. Whenever you're ready, we'll just go ahead and roll tape. <clears throat> My balls. All right. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, we've got you for at least three hours. So, I mean, we might as well just try a couple different things here. Charles, uh, try. What if you, uh, you know, instead of like, you know, raise the pitch, what if you lowered the pitch, you know, kind of maybe threw the audience off a little oh, bit? So oh, yeah. Uh, like a little more bass in your voice when you say it. Oh, okay. 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 I like where you're going with right. this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, roll tape. <clears throat> My balls. You know, I, I mean, who I mean, who says that you have to be an American? Maybe we could try an accent. You know, what if would you say you know, British or? Um, oh, I got, I got some. Maybe, for you. maybe I got a some southern for you. accent. Okay. okay, yeah, sure, we could definitely do southern. Yeah. <clears throat> my balls. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold. On. My my balls. No, no, that's. A little, a little Borat going on there. Uh, let's, let's see what's going on here. <clears throat> my balls. Oh, no, sir. You got my balls. How's that? Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. And let's just try it one more time. You know, I know you, you have some Shakespeare background. In you, I, so do, I do. I do. We did a little bit. Let me try I, to I just played, I just played uh, Desdemona in... Uh, oh. At the Pittsburgh Playhouse last year, so uh, very nice. Well, yeah, maybe we can add a, l a little bit of that Shakespearean flair to the scene and class it up a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Good sir, how dare you admonish me and my brethren with your foul odor and stench? It is on this day that I turn my facade to you and say, "My balls." Bravo. That was great. I think, Thank you. you know, Thank Mr. You. Mr. Seagal would be very happy with all of those. I think, you know, we'll let him see what he thinks. Who the fuck is this guy? He doesn't sound like he's getting kicked in the balls at all. I'm just going to go kick my friend in the balls and record it. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. 
What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got one today that if y'all thought college kickboxers was <laughs> some nonsense, <laughs> get ready because we, we have... it's. This was in a batch of movies that I found that was like such a weird moment i guess in the 90s because like you know a lot of these white savior films that we've done in the past are very much like you know dramas right like they're very much like movies that either like directly tie in with race or like have you know like some maybe not like historical but maybe you know they're based on a true story Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff right so we got this movie, but then, um, and let's bring in our guest, Brent. Brent, returning once again from Home Video what's up, what's Hustle. Up? Brent, how's it going, man? <laughs> what's going on? How y'all doing, man? It's wonderful to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Well, I think it, you're, you're the perfect guest for this because oh yeah, there's there's a few there's a few movies that I'm just like. So the movie that we're gonna do today, um, which is on Deadly Ground, which is a Stephen Seagal film. Uh, but then there's also like there's Showdown in Little Tokyo. You know about that mm. one? I've I didn't do it on my podcast. I did it on somebody else's podcast. So yeah, I've seen it before. So it's if Del- Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Aww. Lee, but they're mm-hmm. like beating up a bunch of people in Little Tokyo and in, in LA to get uh-huh. to the Yakuza. No. Uh, I think Brandon Lee is played to be a sucker the whole movie. Brandon Lee had a like, tough yeah, beat up at certain parts and everything. Goal. I'm pretty yep. sure if I remember right. <laughs> I know. Man. <laughs> there's a there's Black Rain. I know about Black with Rain. Michael Douglas, oh. where he also fights yep. the Yakuza. We covered that on the whole video, so I know that. One. <laughs> Black Rain was one of those movies I saw on HBO, and I got I started in like the first like twenty minutes, like somewhere in the middle, and I was like, "No, nah, we watching this. We finishing this. We need to know what happens." Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there was one more, but then there is this. There is the, today's movie, which is on Deadly Ground, which is Steven Seagal's one and only directorial effort. Wonder yeah. why <laughs> for a major studio it, for like the most major studio it's insane for a major studio and it's like I I think specifically at the time the only ecological action film yeah where like I the, think so. the, the point of the movie is that he is fighting against like ecological corporate greed yeah. and like tr- like trying to stop oil drilling in alaska gone wrong and so and he and he plays a firefighter which is like you know he's so he's not like he gets a, he gets a whole backstory like mm-hmm. with like 20 minutes to go yep. but <laughs> <laughs> but for most of the time you think he's just a firefighter who like just has a lot of guns are you serious i um, went 70 percent of this movie thinking he was a nigga a dude a guy <laughs> i was same here i I never even got that he was a firefighter the whole time. They just say he was like an environmental okay. agent, and I was like, I "Yeah, bet that's what I he thought." He works for them. Yeah, well, we'll get into it, but like in the beginning, he comes in and like, it's it's one of many just like what moments <laughs> where like he gets off the helicopter, lights up on on the fire that is like burning but it's like but the people there are like oh shit forrest is here consider this fire is good as out like he's gonna like you know what i mean and it's just like 
so he's he puts out fight like that's his yeah okay um, like literal and figurative he he's a man of many talents i guess so <laughs> but yeah so brian i mean we wanted to ask you because this is this is oh. our first foray into the world of steven seagal uh, yeah. like we we know like Cameron was saying like we know the jokes we know the memes i think he exists on the periphery of a lot of people's pop culture mm-hmm. knowledge just because he's like was very present in the 90s and like yeah. you know he'll pop up like in viral videos from time to time where it's just like here's steven seagal doing weird shit or yeah, yeah. <laughs> just being like a weirdo but like for for people who don't know because here's my so here are my two big questions for you right, right. how <laughs> right like when you think about the action stars of the 90s right like john claude van damme obviously you know even non-martial arts stars like you know you got uh sylvester stallone you got mm-hmm. obviously schwarzenegger um you know even like a bruce willis people like that right like there is clearly like a, an energy around them right like mm-hmm. they have that big box office like look and appeal but also like you know like there's action right like they're going around and they're they're doing all kinds of things steven seagal from everything that i've been able to find was just a dude doing a keto in like new mexico so mm-hmm. like i how did he get to like how did he get into movies like how did he become a movie star if i don't i'm trying to see if i remember the actual story but from what i remember it was something where he was working somewhere i don't know if it was a restaurant or something and some movie producer saw him and talked to him and basically was like almost on a bet if if i remember it's kind of like trading places it was like i bet you i could take this guy and make him an action star and then so they put him in a movie and that's pretty much how he got found out I mean, if what? I remember, I'm pretty sure that's the story. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Just randomly found. Sheer manifestation. Like, saw the man was like, I need this happen. <laughs> exactly. I would have bet money on him being like, you know, oh, he did like a few like stunt gigs, you know, just as like, you know, a guy standing in and somebody was like, maybe a similar situation. Like, oh, there's something about that guy. But like, from working a restaurant, to them just like you're gonna star in a movie. you're gonna star <laughs> in a movie yeah that's the key word <laughs> i got you right here i just i was looking it up it says it's been reported that seagull was asked to make the first film by his former Aikido pupil who was an agent who believed that he can make anybody into a movie star so yeah it was something like that. he succeeded though bet <laughs> okay. one he did uh-huh. he got his yeah. money <laughs> well because so <laughs> Speaking of Akio, right, like I was I was talking to Brett before we came on and just about like when you see actual Akito being practiced, yes. like it doesn't really look like anything because no. like the whole premise of it is very much so like like literal self-defense, like people coming at you and like you're able to, you know, control the wrist and flip them or like, uh, you know, kind of use the momentum, push them out the way, all that stuff. Right. But like Steven Seagal. <laughs> Even before he got, you know, out of shape and, like, had the crazy ponytail and all that, like, never really looked like a dude who was going to fuck you up. No. Yeah, you know no. I mean? Like, he was, like, big, but, like, wasn't, like, like muscular or athletic or anything like yeah, he's that. He was stocky. No. So, like, yeah, like, just the the way that he was able to parlay the end, I mean, of all of them, right, like, 
nobody's gonna say that John Clavier Dam is a good actor. No. Nobody's gonna say that like Arnold, Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger is better than people yes. give him credit for. Yes, ask, he is, but like he, he is. is not like an actor actor. But like Steven Seagal is not. I think he's the <laughs> least capable like, of all the three you named. I think he's the least capable. His, I just learned recently that cats don't have muscles in their face to express emotion. So they feel it regardless, right? <laughs> cats are just like, I'm happy, but you'll never know. All right. <laughs> this is the pervading theory here with Steven Seagal. He don't got the <laughs> muscles, you know? Because, like, your man is, like, he goes through an array of emotions. And sometimes he's, like, you know, he's exhausted or he's, like, we got to get out of here quick. And it all comes with the same face. But it's also like the the energy on screen, right? Is never like it's real, real low, low. Up, you know. So like, I'm just like a similar question. Like all of these movies that he made, because he made it wasn't like a oh okay, like that was a hit, like nice. It was like back to back to mm-hmm. back to back. Yeah, like he yeah, made like four is. or five movies between like late eighties to like ninety. 293 yeah, so this like, is and this is like the end of that or is it like the, the middle of that run or is the, the end this is pretty much this movie i was telling you before this is like the peak because it's like you finally 94 you got your own movie you get to direct, direct it, it and yeah. everything and then this movie bombed and it went pretty much that peak <laughs> dropped real hard until <laughs> like i would say i was saying like the late 90s when he did exit wounds and then oh, he yeah, did, yeah. you know half past dead yeah. and all that even though half past dead bombed yes too, <laughs> but he tried to come back with the hip-hop dudes <laughs> then it was just straight to video hell out there. He's like, DMX is making movies? <laughs> yeah, I like that DMX guy. Well, I was telling Jordan, too, there was a story where he tried to actually holler at Lil' Kim back in the day. He was trying, he was really trying to shoot his Wait, shot with Lil' Kim. what gang? Like, again? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I tried. He ain't succeed. He tried, though. <laughs> I really like that album, hardcore. I mean, and that's that like... Really hardcore. Yeah, I like that cover. I like that cover. <laughs> I hang the poster by my house. Like maybe Lil Kim now, but like Lil Kim. Well, they of both like... got the same amount of plastic surgery done. <laughs> Lil Kim of the nineties, though. First of all, Lil Kim of the nineties would have broke Steven Seagal. I don't half. know, man. Uh, but man. also, I mean, they both would have came in Lil, like the same amount of energy, just like two opposing. <laughs> Of course, but he would come at her with the Aikido, even though it's self-defense. And Lil' Kim would do, like, the shimmy, like, out the way, out the way, out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the celebrity death match we never got. You know, and we we needed that one. I'm surprised they didn't. (laughs) But um, let's let's get into some of the behind this, because, wow, like, this is is a crazy crazy movie. movie. So, like we said, 1994, right, it is... Co-produced, stars, and directed by Steven Seagal, right? But also co-stars Michael Oh my Kane, god. Yeah. Why? John C. McGinley, right? <laughs> both uh, both of whom are em- chewing on scenery. Like in yes. every everything's for eating. <laughs> but also, like randomly Billy Bob Thornton kind of and I kept looking I for him because like too. Yeah, yeah, two lines. Really? Yeah. Like you would see him and it would just kind of be like, what? Like I think I I think I saw him one time, but like he wasn't really Did in you the see movie. when he died? Wait, yeah. who okay. is he? <laughs> yeah, he, he was just one of the random goons. There's a scene where he's like on a horse when they see the traps out in the forest and he tells the dude like, Oh, oh he's that guy or something like that. 
Yeah, and then him and the dude shot up the door at the yep. end and got themselves yeah. blown up. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then apparently, also, Michael J. White is in this movie. I think he's in I missed the that. Missed that completely. In the I missed bar. black people. I missed the black people, so I definitely didn't see his ass. Exactly, yeah. Well, because he was the, he, he's listed as oil worker. And I I assume because all those were like oil guys in the bar and there was a black guy with them, but I don't know if he was like with them or just like in the vicinity. Don't um, make me watch this. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> um, but the movie had a had a budget of fifty oh million, had a box office Crazy. of seventy eight point one million. So technically, even though it got destroyed by critics, was like a financial yeah. success i mean like the way fun. that yeah well because again i think like you were saying brent like at the time specifically in that period of time right mm-hmm. where like movies are just coming at you like wave after wave yeah. and like it's just like yo okay another steven seagal movie like we're gonna go see it even though mm-hmm. like people ended up not liking <laughs> it <laughs> like it was he just had, like he had his fan base yeah, he had a, you know, the last movie was a hit, so mm-hmm. this movie, like, people are like, oh, bet, like, we'll go see that, and they're like, oh, no. Um, Do y'all know about but, the SNL uh, appearance that came out with this movie? With <laughs> he, this he got movie, banned yeah. off that show. Yeah, it was for this one that he was promoting. Yeah, he had a whole skit in there where he was beating up oil executives, and then, like, this movie had, like, a little moral at yeah. the end of the skit or something like that. Oh, no. And, that, and he got super banned from that show after <laughs> Well, because the story was one, I mean, like, we'll talk about this in the behind the scenes. Like, apparently, he's just an asshole. Yeah. And, like, uh, was, like, just shit talking. Because I guess they had made fun of him previously before he got invited on to be the host. Yeah. And so he was, like, you know, he, I don't know what his mind state is, you know, most of the time, but apparently he was just, like, very, like, bitchy to everyone. And, like, um, I want to say it was like Tim Meadows and somebody else uh, were kind of like, you know, I, I don't know why he thought he could come in here and like talk shit to everyone and then like work with that person on Saturday and mm-hmm. it was going to be all good, you know? So like, leave it to the black uh, guy to be like, I think hey, I told y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think, cause I think there is when Nicholas Cage came and hosted um, shortly after that, you know, like he, had a joke in his monologue about being like oh you know i was worried that you know people were gonna say i was the the worst host of all time and then lord michaels comes in it's like no that's steven seagal uh (laughs) so like you know they they uh they don't like him over there at 30 rock but uh Yeah, I think I think the only other thing you need to know before we get into the five minutes, which isn't going to be five minutes because I'm not going to do that to you, Cam. Nope. You take take your Appreciate time. With thank this you, plot, thank you. But um, <laughs> this movie got made because Steven Seagal and Warner Brothers were in talks for Under Siege Two, and mm-hmm. apparently they really wanted him to do Under Siege Two, and so this is was his negotiation was let me direct a movie. Yeah. And this was the movie that he made. And then you get Under Siege 2. <laughs> and then you get Under Siege 2. It's a way better movie than this one. Else. I love Under Siege yeah. 2. <laughs> Cannot wait to watch them. Uh, <laughs> you got Morris Chestnuts in the second. Hey, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Hopefully he'll do better than Michael Jai White. He, he's, he's, a, he's like the sidekick character, so you see him a lot. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Well, Cam, go ahead. Let's let's just like I said, no time, but like try to walk us through what happens in this movie. Yeah, let's go on a journey, y'all. Um, <laughs> yes. So hold on, let me uh, make sure I got all my notes. All right, cool. <laughs> oh my god. So <laughs> the movie opens with a crash zoom into an eagle. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I need everyone to know that this movie does not start with the plot, even though it starts like deeply into the plot. We need to know that there's an eagle up front. <laughs> um, so basically, we kind of start in the middle of chaos. There's a oil rig that is leaking in Alaska, and it's run by a company called Aegis Oil, A-E-G-I-S. Aegis, and they're working, and we'll come to learn that they're uh, working on a new rig called the Aegis One. That's that's like the main plot of the movie, sort of. Um, but we come in when the Aegis company is experiencing an oil spill, and literally oil rig members are like running everywhere. I love just like the the way he shoots chaos, which is like put the fire directly <laughs> in front of the camera. <laughs> and then, like, make it look like everyone's on fire at all given moments. <laughs> Love that shit. So everybody's running everywhere. Everybody's freaking out. No one knows what to do. No one knows what to do. And there's an old man amongst all this stuff, too. There's, like, a 70, 80-year-old man who's actually, you find out, he's running the whole thing. His name is Hugh, and he is in charge of the oil rig, and he's fucking scared. And somewhere, mm. somehow, a helicopter just comes in out of nowhere, and who's on this helicopter? What? Forrest Taft, your boy Steven Seagal, and Hugh is like, hey guys, we don't know what's happening with this oil rig, but we can probably blame the guys up top. And of course, they slide open the helicopter door, and the guys on top are in there. It's Michael Caine, who runs Aegis Oil, and his boy Magruder, which is just, oh my god. (laughs) John C. McGinley, and I don't know who that woman is, but there's a woman who is with them, and she is just as bad, apparently, as Mm -hmm. these guys. But just, like, not a violent person, just works for the company, I guess. Um... So yeah, so the you know the oil rig is exploding and it's, it's bad. Um, <laughs> and Hugh has already cursed the CEOs, but the CEOs are like, you know, we got our guy Forrest on the mission. He is the guy. We'll learn eventually what he does, but he is just for now. He's an environmental agent <laughs> that has was is basically hired by Aegis. So your man's walks into the rig <laughs> that is on fire. <laughs> With mm-hmm. a sheet, uh, like a wood, mm-hmm. a metal shield, like it's going to protect him from all encompassing fire. Um, <laughs> he takes two looks at the rig, not one, but two looks, and pulls like a, a button mechanism out. And like, well, don't forget, he 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 lights up whatever he's. Well, oh, no, no, no. This, yeah. is, this is also what I, I did. This is also what I love. I tracked it. He lights the, his first cigar with a regular lighter in an oil rig which is just like what the fuck you just don't care or you care too much and you know too much um so he lights it with a lighter but then <laughs> after he blows up the oil rig with this button boom just blows it up and everybody goes yay he then walks up to a smoldering pile of debris and then lights his second cigar right. on the smoldering debris which is like i was expecting that i was like all right well, what are you gonna light the cigarette off of like adjacent fire and of course he did it so everybody's like applause man like i can't believe you blew up an oil rig and like stopped 
chaos somehow. Somehow that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I was so. thoroughly confused. But I guess it's like you blow up the source so the oil doesn't have anywhere else to like spout from. Either way, that doesn't matter. You're thinking too much about this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, we're already at the bar. <laughs> so uh, we're at the bar and Hugh is like, you know, the CEOs, they're trying to, you know, trying to take me out. I, I, I'm telling you, Forrest, they're coming for me. And Forrest is, you know, silently, but just like, Hugh, don't write these guys off yet. I don't know what the entire thing is, but don't write them off yet. And Hugh was like, all right, but I've got the, I've got the, you know, the stuff to prove it. I got discs. I've got paperwork. You come on by the house tomorrow. We'll settle it all out. So Forrest is like, yeah, I'm just going to have another beard. And I want to settle it out. That's fine. <laughs> Hugh. Well, and let's not forget that also uh Hugh called him a whore. Oh yes. Right. And Forrest said for three hundred fifty thousand I'd fuck anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the first line in the movie that makes you go like, oh this movie is different. <laughs> it's the first time you're actually like no one talks like this. What an ex- what an exact three hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> and with that Hugh leaves. And then we all and then we pan over to the other side of the bar where uh, some bar cronies are torturing a older native man who is sergeant in the bar looking for, you know, the stereotypical booze uh, that he is looking for, apparently, you know. And they're teasing him and, you know, toying with him. They throw some beer in his face, and Steven Seagal just, like, saunters to the other side of the bar. You think he's going to fight him, but then he doesn't fight him. But then he goes and sits at the bar. And then when his conversation with Hugh is done, then he stands back up after they've thrown another beer to this mm-hmm. man's face. And he's like, you know what? what? What does he say to him? I don't know what he says to him. Uh, well, he keeps calling Seagal Yeah, he calls him, like, things like and, cupcake. You know, Seagal's basically just pansy. like, And then, yeah, basically, this, he's like, know, it's time. And from then, he seems to, he just, just lays waste to 12 men in the bar without moving, by the way. He doesn't move. None of them. Mm-hmm. He does his it's Aikido. All it's all, they're coming at him. He is using their force and their energy to flip them and throw them into various things in the room. He, <laughs> there's a chair, break that chair. And, and the barmaid is like, don't break anything. And he says yes, but proceeds to break Everything. <laughs> I'm talking about jukebox, <laughs> chairs, tables, multiple tables, and apparently two people's bodies. my nuts, <laughs> my nuts. <laughs> also, this is the point of the movie where I noticed that everything was ADR. The entire movie is ADR. Yes. Like it's like it's a it's like a like crazy. It's like a Chinese movie. Like everything <laughs> is ADR. Like nothing. The sound didn't mm-hmm. work for any scene. Everything had to be go back. Everybody <laughs> came to the studio and re-recorded the entire movies for the dialogue. But I think it was the second <laughs> my balls that like broke. That was the one. <laughs> also, that like, man he grabs his he grabs his balls and then he pulls him up by them. Yeah, and then tosses him down. So he pulls his entire weight up by his balls. But then it's the delayed, like, it's not until he hits the ground that he's like, my balls! My balls. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful word. That's a and I know uh, y'all said y'all not super familiar with Seagal, but this is one of the running jokes in all his movies, too. Everybody always laughs at is that every movie is him just breaking everybody's arm. That's like all he does is just break arms. And yeah. flip there was definitely a lot of like people threw their hand in and then he'd take their hand and crush it. Yeah. Do the do mm-hmm. the do the wrist break and then like throw you on the ground. It, yep, that's all he does. That's kind of his move. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, this bar fight kind of, like, ends. And then, oh, what, he asked him, I wrote this down. Because he is, at this point, he 
destroyed 12 men in the bar and then walked up to the main guy and was mm. and just went up to him and said, what does it take to make the measure of a man? <laughs> no, 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 They have a whole slap yeah. fight He walks up before. to him and he does, he makes him a bet. He says, all right, we're going to play the hand slap game. <laughs> the, the, the hand slap game that you played in school, put your hands on top of another person's hands. Mm-hmm. If you can react fast enough and get away, then you, you know, you've escaped the slap. This man, it's not fast enough. Not fast enough for speedy hands, Steven Seagal. Well, and the man is like, yeah, I'm a man. I've got, I've got big, big balls. <laughs> i got a big set of balls. <laughs> and then Steven Seagal is just like, hey, yeah, what, what happened, happened to your balls? Your balls? <laughs> Where are the balls at? So he loses those the balls. hand slap bet like, <laughs> once. And then he's, he basically says, if you lose the hand slap bet, I get a hit. So, mm-hmm. you know, put it down. And he misses. And he gets his head in, and this is Steven Seagal, and so of course it hurts. He goes to the, it's a, it's a chest mm-hmm. punch too. He goes down to the ground on it, and he gets back up. Yeah. They do this three times. <laughs> yeah, he keeps taunting him. He says like, "You got his, that big set of balls? Where are they now?" And he's just like a bloody face, just like, "Please stop, please stop." And the third time, <laughs> had him throwing up. He's throwing up. Yeah, he, he punches him to the point of eating <laughs> so his stomach, vomiting on the floor. <laughs> And then he asks him on the third time, he's like, what does it take to make the measure of a man? And your man <laughs> gives him a coded answer, which is the wildest shit he actually says to him. He says, I need time. <laughs> <laughs> like he had the chance. He, and he's, he's like crying, crying. Vomiting on the ground after two stomach punches. And he still has the wherewithal to have like a fully cohesive answer. Like, I just need time, brother. I just, I just need time. He threw the he punched him so hard in his stomach he threw up the racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that because all the people in the audience are they like, are standing back. Oh, yeah, and, what a yeah. profound moment they are that just stricken. happened. They're like, oh my god, oh my god. Like multiple people are like, oh my god, look at him, look at him. Oh, women, women are just like hands <laughs> over the face, like oh my god, oh my god. And then yeah. Well, it's like a mix of like. What an incredible man! And like, yes. I need to fuck him right now. <laughs> it was like, I'm in awe of him, but I'm also in horny awe of him. I can't help myself because he punched twelve men. So, so that pretty much that the bar fight is over, and we kind of cut back to, um, come back. To- I gotta say that the slap fight scene was done way better in deep cover too. That's all I thought that whole scene. Also that. <laughs> also that. <laughs> So uh, we we go from the bar fight to uh, Aegis headquarters, where it's a, it's a constant shit spiral over there. It's not going going well. This is an oil spill in Alaska. This is over native lands. We find out this is over tribal lands that they made. Apparently, they made um, a pact with the tribe, saying that they could drill on their land. But now that they have spilled, uh, the tribe elder, Mister, what's his name? Is oh, I don't remember. Mr. Itko. I'll look it up. I think it's Itko. Yeah. And he, he walks right up to this man, which is G shit. <laughs> G shit walks right up to him after a press conference and says, you broke the treatise that you had with my people. And he's like, well, I don't give a shit. Michael Caine is like, I don't give a shit about that. And he's like, you will pay. This man, this tribal man who has got like at least 30 years on his man, older man says, you will pay for this. Like in his, takes off his glasses to say this to this man. Says you, you will fucking pay. You will pay. And Michael Caine's like, I have no qualms. I mean, money is the only thing that means anything to me. You better get the fuck out of here with your beads and shit, with wearing a nice suit up in my headquarters. So 
Was this was this before or after Michael Caine filmed that commercial? Oh, this before? is also a lovely scene. Yes, Michael Caine, uh, <laughs> one of the best as agent CEO, basically goes in there and let's do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Does that to this whole crew? He walks in and it's like two caribou on a set. And he's supposed to basically like give like you know Aegis oil does all this for for the environment, and then as soon as they yell cut, he's like, "What the fuck are these fucking caribou? What the fuck is this?" Screams at everybody, <laughs> and then like in a single take, walks out and walks out to a press conference where he has to like basically tell all shareholders and the American public because it's all going to be on the news too that he has spilled like a major oil spill in Alaska. And, you know, like I said, people are mad. The tribes are mad. He will pay. Um, and Forrest is also there saying like, you know, I know what I was doing for you was, was dirty, but I didn't know it was this dirty, basically. And uh, Michael Caine's like, again, if you're not talking money, get the fuck out of my face. I have nothing to say to you. Uh, so at that point, Forrest <laughs> is like, you know what? Maybe these guys aren't so great. And at the same time, uh, they're plotting. Um, oh, also at this same press conference, um, Mr. Itko's daughter, lovely daughter, oh, played yeah. by Joan Chen, a Chinese woman. Yeah, <laughs> throws oil on uh, <laughs> on uh, Michael Caine's suit. He's he's real mad about that. He throws his own product on his suit, yep. and he's like, "Well, for some reason, he didn't." I would have smiled. If I'm a villain, I would have smiled at that and been like, ha, 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 mm -hmm. I make this all day. This is nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but it's, he's like actually really, really pissed. And then in the next scene, he's still... It's a new yeah, suit. It's, it's a new suit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the black comes out of him at that moment. He's like, this is a new goddamn suit. <laughs> um, and in the next scene, he's still wiping oil, like just smudging it all over his suit, apparently. Like, don't wipe it. It doesn't mm, yeah. matter. It's oil. Yeah. It's never coming out. Uh, it's crude yeah. on top of that. It's not like olive oil. It's crude fucking oil. It's not going to come out of your suit. Mm -hmm. um, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. So... Uh, at that point, Michael Caine says, "Hey, we gotta like you know get the we gotta get the coordinates. We gotta get all the all the proof that of our negligence on this oil spill. We gotta wrap that proof up. We gotta burn it. We gotta find it. And you know where that where it's at? It's at Hughes' house. So Magruder, get your ass to Hughes' house and you know kill Hugh. So so <laughs> Hughes at his house." Uh, Cut to his house, and he's on the internet, you know, fucking around as an eighty-year-old white man would do in Alaska on the internet. You know, yeah. he's on his on his uh, computer looking at the files, and yeah, it looks bad. It looks just as bad as the CEOs are worried about. And at that moment, uh, there's a bang at the door, and Magruder's at the door with his heavy with his mans, <clears throat> and they <laughs> they grab you, and they're like, "Tie that nigga up to a chair. We need to get. We need to find these discs." So if I torture Hugh, he's going to tell me. And they take, like, a whale bone. And, like, and like, Is that what that was? It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a bone. Fingers, it's yeah. a large bone. I think it's a whale bone. And they put Hugh's hand on the table and one by one smash his fingers until he tells them. And he doesn't tell them. He never tells them. But no. uh, Magruder seems to go up to the computer and, like, type some shit in and find out how bad it actually is. But then like takes the disc out and throws it somewhere, which is that's like, it seemed like he had it in his hands for like five seconds. 
a homie yeah. before in the scene before he had took a floppy and he had downloaded all the stuff from the computer to the disc and he got gotcha. it and so though he put a dummy yeah. a dummy one oh so there. that's a dummy disc okay i didn't get that yeah i just thought he was fucking yeah. around on the computer yeah, there's some like com- computer graphic that just shows a bunch of swirls and symbols i guess <laughs> supposed to say that it's empty it really was <laughs> but i don't know what that, that was. was not computer <laughs> like obviously steven Seagal does not understand how computers work because he directed yeah, this movie at all he's not he's not He's not caring. They were not Putin. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so they beat the shit out of you. Oh no, they use a bone saw. That's it. Okay, hands off. Give me back one try. They they, uh, pipe saw. It's no, it's a it's a pipe saw. It's a pipe saw used for oil rig pipes. And they saw his Mm -hmm. arm off. And they sort of show it, but it's just. Gruesome. And you just hear him go, yeah. Ah! He gives this like weird scream as yeah. they like pan up to the mountain. It's a it's a lovely sequence. I oh, yeah, they had the, the the ketchup popped up on the screen I love too it. when they yeah. panned. It's up. so good. It's so good. So, uh, well, either way, you know, chaos ensues again. Cut to there's another oil rig explosion. It's it's not looking good for ages. And uh, Michael Caine is like, hey. Forest, you got to get out to this other one. I know, I know you. We had some tough times in the past, but you got to get over there. That oil spill, you got to stop this from happening. So Forrest is like, "All right, again, I'm on the job." And he goes in there with that Steven Seagal swag. He's like, "I'm gonna take two looks at this and blow it up. We good." Oh wait, is that <laughs> Hugh and the pipe saw? This was a setup. <laughs> Literally takes two seconds to realize this and runs the opposite direction. Michael Kay's in the helicopter, like, uh, or no, Magruder's in the helicopter. <laughs> With the fucking the detonate button and just goes like, I gotcha, bitch. Blam, hits the detonate button. And <laughs> in what looks like a stunt that did not go properly, because this man is exactly. not <laughs> far enough away from this fire to be safe. I don't know if this stunt man survived it, but I need y'all to know <laughs> that Steven Seagal's character, this stunt man, is in the threshold of the door when the whole thing explodes mm-hmm. and you can see that there's a line attached to him to rip his body away before the flames engulf him yeah it did not go well and it is on camera <laughs> oh yeah because his body they pull him he like flies he sideways flies and sideways, shit so it's like a real awkward angle he, you can tell <laughs> yes. the stunt man isn't even like i know where i'm going <laughs> like <laughs> but he, you know taft gets out of the explosion i don't know if the stunt man did but um <laughs> At that point, Forrest realized that it was a setup, and he's basically exploded and falls like down the side of a mountain into a trench where uh, the lo- local Inuit tribe lives. <laughs> mm. And that's where, uh, you know, the tribe elder finds him. Oh, and he says he saw it in his vision that he would find him. So they pick up Steven Seagal's broken, bloodied ass, and they pull him into, you know, the tribal council room. And he's like, what's going on in here? They make him drink, obviously, in a weird herb tea, obviously. And he makes, again, the funniest sound in the world when he drinks it. It's like it's him making the sound. I think it's also one of the few non-ADR moments in the movie. He goes, hey. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like a it's like a moment of discussion. He's like yuck, but also like not yuck. Uh, he drinks the herbal tea. And he's like, "What's going on, guys? You tried to nurse me back to health." And he's like, "You're going to go on a quest. You're going to go on a spirit quest." They tell him, by the way, they tell him that he's going to go on a spirit quest. Not he's going to have this mm-hmm. revelation himself. But hey, fam, you about to drink this weird herb tea, yeah. and you about to you about to astral project, bro. It's about to happen. 
he he taps him in the head. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he taps him. He taps him. He tells him it's about to be a raw ride, but a wild ride. But I'll see you on the other side. Uh, and from then on, we were treated to a ten-minute sequence of his spirit journey. Yeah, please describe what <laughs> we see because I was. Now, oh, at wow. this point in the movie, mind you, I sort of stopped paying attention. And this was the moment where I started to get <laughs> a little bored. I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening. Oh, same here. I, I don't know what's happening, but I looked up, and then I started the spirit journey with him, and I did not finish until the movie was over. <laughs> this is this is how the movie does its momentum. It's so crazy. It's like there's two crazy sequences at the top, and then sort of nothing happens for, like, the middle 30 minutes. But then it's like, no, we revving up, my dude. Like, we're... We're going hard because <laughs> this spirit journey is actually batshit bonkers. He so does he fight the bear? He, he wrestles, wrestles a, bear. a bear. He starts by like it stabbing starts a bear. With him <laughs> stabbing a bear, and I'm not sure if it was like there's shots where there's an obvious bear, but then there's shots where it's obviously a man in a bear suit. Mm-hmm. I can't tell which of which he's stabbing, <laughs> but it's so choppily cut that I don't know what parts are which and if he's actually, like, fighting the bear. It's smart on Steven Seagal's part, can I tell you, because, like, it makes him actually look like he's fighting a bear. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Right. But he stabs a bear, wrestles the bear, and then embodies the spirit of the bear. Also, um several topless Inuit women start to become involved and uh, they're intercut with like the tongue breathing. Or what is that? The tongue mm-hmm. singing? It, I, yeah. I forget what yeah. the actual term is, but it's like tongue singing. They start doing that weird like <gasps> breathing into each other's mouth, which is like, you know, po- pre-COVID, you know, everything was game, but obviously, you know, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, they start nah. doing the tongue singing over Steven's like hallucinating body. He embodies the spirit of the eagle, which is like basically the live action version of that shot from Pocahontas where we like zoom out from the eye of the eagle <laughs> into his spirit. Um, uh, there was the, again more topless women, again more tongue singing. There's like shots of fire and explosions and like. None of it is really, like, kind of coming together. It's honestly just, like, shots of, like, I guess what 90s white men would call, like, shots of masculinity <laughs> just, like, being pulsed into their system in this moment. Well, it's, like, the, it, it wraps with, like, a five-minute sequence of Steven Seagal looking back and forth between a topless Native woman who's, like... Tr- I think trying to yeah, fuck her. Can't tell. like she's tr- she's like <laughs> like moving and gyrating and like motioning at him mm-hmm. and then it, he he looks at her and then he'll turn and then he'll look at like an oh, older the, native woman just forgot like, about the older ghost lady. Uh, here's my notes I forgot about the old ghost lady <laughs> um and he just and it's like five minutes of him looking back and forth. <laughs> I think having to so choose my notes. Oh. Yes, he's choosing which one to actually like speak with. It ends up being the ghost lady because the, yeah, because he like puts his hands. He together does a weird prayer, prayer thing. He sort of pray- it's like not even a real prayer. It's like a sort of prayer. <laughs> my notes say spirit journey had everything: a bear fight, topless women, <laughs> tongue singing, 
an ecological prophecy foretold by an old ghost lady. Oh my God, is this where the Simpsons movie got its spirit journey scene? That's what my notes say. <laughs> well, because, yeah, like he talks to the spirit lady in, I believe, Lakota. I'm not quite sure if this that's was also confusing that. to me because he starts speaking speak their, their language or after not learning <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him that he is both a bear yes. and an eagle and that he has been prophesized like she and the leader of the tribe both say that like it has been foretold by the gods that you will like save yes. our yes. people that exactly that <laughs> and, anyways, and I- then he wakes up and it's like oh <laughs> shit i guess <laughs> So wait, so wait, at this moment also, like, the spirit journey ends, and the dudes show up. <laughs> like, the yeah, the yeah. Aegis guys are there. <laughs> so he wakes up from the spirit journey. He has no time to, like, say goodbye to the tribe because, boom, they're there. And they start killing everyone. They start killing all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And then they shoot, well, they they shoot kill, the, they chief the chief in yeah, front yeah. of everyone. And then, the, wait, <laughs> also my notes. Hot Inuit lady, whose name I still don't know at this point, says, quote, unquote, I will watch you die. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. just like the g shit to say to any fucking body. If you say that to somebody mm-hmm. on a corner of Brooklyn, on a, a Brooklyn corner, they will, you will, you have scared them into their house for the rest of their lives. That's like a real thing. You can't yeah. say stuff like that to nobody <laughs> and expect them not to have some kind of real visceral reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and Magruder is like, you saw him. That old man charged yes. at me. I didn't have a choice. I had to, like, full blue no, eyes. Yeah, like. they, sh- they shuttle Magruder away from the helicopter. He's like, you saw him. He hit me. He hit me. When he shot and killed the chief. So Magruder is back in the helicopter. And, uh, again, my notes say, okay, so Taft now has the spirit of the eagle and the bear watching him. They have to leave the tribe in order to go find uh, Aegis headquarters. And so they pull out the Yamaha Speedo, yeah. and uh, what does he say? He's like, "You had this the whole time," and she says, "Yeah, for emergencies." He's like, "Yeah, for emergencies." This movie is now just full doesn't give a shit anymore. And well, because because before he tried to steal oh, their dog, right. oh yes, he got up. and they like bit the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just like, "Wait, I could have had this." This is also a moment that I, walked, I looked away for like a second too much because i didn't know why he was trying to steal the dogs and then all of a sudden the dogs were just biting him and he's like get and i love the dialogue he was just, get these fucking dogs off of me <laughs> it's not nothing elegant he's like oh my god there's no like oh whoa whoa it's just get these fucking dogs off of me as if he's like didn't which i think might have been like a real i don't i don't know if that was like yeah, you're directing think... the movie did you not believe <laughs> dogs like been... fucking violent like you idiot you hired the dogs <laughs> Which is, it's just pure gold. It's pure gold. So, uh, what do I got here? Oh, yeah. So, um, at this point, uh, Forrest and the hot Inuit lady, Mr. Itok's daughter, I'm going to assume, they go on a across Alaska journey to go to Aegis headquarters. And this is intercut with the single best scene in this movie and it's only an insert to tell you who he who mm. forrest is it's beautiful oh. this i had to copy down the dialogue because it's so fucking good they're just walking in the oil rig or underneath the oil rig it's michael kane and magruder and magruder asks just hey hey who the hell is this guy who the fuck <laughs> is he 
And Michael Caine answers with, mm. who is he? You want to know who he is? Try this. Delve down into the deepest bowels of your soul. Try to imagine the ultimate fucking nightmare. And that won't come close to this son of a bitch when he gets pissed. What? And that's the end of the scene. That's it. And then we cut back. We cut back to, um, I guess, uh, Michael uh, Forrest has this um, just like hideout that he's just like stockpiled, like all of this like government. Well, before that, he goes to um, Old Dude's house. Like oh, they make yes. the first stop oh, at oh, Old yeah. Dude's house because that's like where uh, b- before Forrest was like, hey, do you still have like yes. all my guns and shit at your house? And Lou because was they like, took yeah, his guns I think when so, they found just him, upstairs. Yeah. yeah, so like he goes to get all of his shit and, and, and what happens here? <laughs> they grab his guns. She asks, well, you have the spirit of the tr- the eagle and the bear following you. And he says, no, 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 no more of this hocus pocus spirit world dog shit. <laughs> Shut, Shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Shit. <laughs> well, I'm probably trying to bone the whole time. Shut up with that mess. And he gives like a whole monologue about how he doesn't believe in like any of this ecology bullshit. I guess basically this is only to set up the fact that he will change over the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because he just. Well, he was just like all that like spiritual hocus pocus bullshit doesn't matter when like people, people are, are shooting, shooting at you, at you. And, like you got right. stuff in the real world. <laughs> Even though in that sequence, that like vision quest sequence. They hand him an emblem, which like will take him to the spirit world. Never, and he never no. uses it. It's, I forgot it's, about that. It's a uh, Chekhov's <laughs> spirit world item, but it never fucking gets used. And it's like worse. I'm actually waiting for I, it. I was actually waiting for it the whole movie because yes. he embodied the spirit. I'm yes. waiting for the bear spirit to just come out of this thing at like the wrong time and like <laughs> subsume Aegis all together. You know. I thought he was going to be like trapped or something and like d- desperately like touched it and it yeah. like gave him special powers or no. abilities, but like, no, I don't even think he had. He might have lost it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then they grab the guns and then they get on uh, horses. They find horses. Oh, oh no. The oh, they people come into the out. house to, 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 to oh, start right. to fuck him up. And he's like, yo, just get into yeah. this other room. And then they come in, and he shoots a man yes. in the balls from yes. the first floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he shoots with up. the shot, yeah. <laughs> in the balls. It, hits him in like, the balls it looks crazy because like, it looks like a bunch of the like, shit uh, out of everybody. Squibs are just attached to his midsection, <laughs> and they all go uh-huh. off at the same time. Now, if you're if you've been in movies before, <laughs> if you've ever been in a movie and gotten shot, one squib is enough to be like, ah, that's that hurt like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're just wearing a chastity belt <laughs> made of them. <laughs> this poor man was like, <laughs> like ah! his whole nuts just like exploded. I, I know it was safe, but I'm sure this man was like worried after this shot. Oh, that scream was probably real. <laughs> so he like takes out again, like another set of 12 guys that like enter the house that like come for him. And meanwhile, yeah, she's just in the other room yeah. like waiting. And then like she pull- he pulls her out of the room and they get on the horses. Is that when they get on the horses? Oh, before that, yep. there's a um, there's a hand to hand fight scene there. Okay, what, the the big dude that's like the bodyguard or whatever. Mm. The actor's name is like Sven Old Thorson. I saw he was talking about this movie, and he was saying that in casting, whatever Steven Seagal went up to him, he's like, "Kick me," and he was like, "All right," and he tried to kick him, and Steven Seagal grabbed his leg and flipped him. 
So he then he said, try it again. He's like, oh, for real? All right. And he kicked the shit out of Steven Seagal. <laughs> and I guess Steven Seagal didn't like that because they said during this scene, when they're having their hand-to-hand fight scene, Steven Seagal actually hit him as hard as he could and knocked him unconscious for like 10 seconds. And um, then when they show him on the ground, he looks dead. He does. But I guess that he was... He was supposed to come back, but I guess Steven Seagal said he liked the way he laid there, so he just like cut all his rest of his scenes out and just said, oh, he died. Wow. <laughs> That's real Petty. shit. Petty. Petty. Yeah. What? <laughs> Amazing. He's like, oh, this guy this guy fucked me up in the rehearsals? Yeah, okay. I see about that. I'm directing yep. this movie. Right, got you. Yeah, got we'll you, nigga. <laughs> and I think, then, I think yeah, probably, like, he hit him in the throat almost, too, I yeah. think, when he hit him. Yeah, that he, punch he, looks he, too and, real. And, that looks uh, real. The guy that said, looks like he got punched in the throat. real. Oh, he did. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah. Say, un- yeah, he, no, he hit him for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was out for like a couple of seconds because Steven Seagal has a has a history of actually hitting. Yes, you, like during these fight sequences, and like it's not like the the typical. Oh, you know, we're we're trying to make it look like you know people get hit like in Creed, where yeah. like they were like, oh no, Michael B. Jordan, you really got to get hit because that's <laughs> that's going to make it look real. It was like, oh no, this is just a typical scene and Steven Seagal, for whatever reason, has chose to like try to fuck <laughs> on camera on set, you know? So <laughs> so this was one of those where like, you know, this wasn't like a planned thing between them. Like he just and he hit passed him out and it was like, and knocked dude out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. And, 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 and then, then, and then you're the dead, movie. you died. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But this leads to my my next favorite line of dialogue in the whole film, where Steven Seagal looks at this woman and says, "Hey, do you know how to ride a horse?" And she says, "Of course, I'm a Native American." Which is just like on so many levels, just fucked up and dumb. First of all, first mm-hmm. of all, no Native American woman would ever talk like that. No, no, none of them. Yes, it's, it's, and that's not even a cute line for them to say. Like, right. No. Second of all, Joan Chen is Chinese. She is a Chinese fucking woman. How dare you make her say that in this movie? It's just like, and, and then, then they, they just, just ride, ride. ride off into the, and then they ride hills. into the hills, into the mountains, and where, then uh, where yeah. Forrest has stockpiled enough C four to blow up said mountain. Um, yeah. So they yeah. grab the C four. And uh, they're riding. Basically, they they stop by all the C four, and he what he tells her like get on get on the horse and go get it get out of here get it out of here as fast as you mm-hmm. can. So they they come to an impasse on the mountain where the people are chasing them. So the ages guys are chasing them, and yeah. uh, they come to a part of the mountain where there's like a cliff that they have to cross. So Forrest puts like it looks like a mine on that side of the mm-hmm. mountain. They jump over in their horses, and then he explodes the mine, so it blows up the mountain, so they can't cross. From then, yeah, but I think before this, isn't this where he like sets up all that so, dumb shit? No, this is after. This is the next. The next thing that yeah, he, he blew up, he blew up the helicopter before that. Yeah. Oh yes, there was the part where he blew up <laughs> a helicopter on the house. How did I forget that? There's a lot There's of a shit lot that's going on in this movie. Yeah, it's like, it's like, plot yeah. too, but it's also like, what? Uh, so at this point, it's Home Alone in the Forest. Um, and <laughs> it basically like booby traps the forest between the mountain range and the Aegis headquarters. Um, so the Aegis guys are like, you know, he yeah, he booby traps the, the forest, you know, tripwires everywhere and all kinds of stuff. And they're riding through the forest and... <laughs> 
the one guy is just like, I'm just gonna go. And Magruder is like, hold up. If you don't hold up, you're gonna get fucked up. Because somehow from <laughs> like 40 yards away, Magruder was able to see a tripwire in the forest and stops him. They so they stop them and they like keep riding. Psych, there's another tripwire. Blam, blam, blam. Four other people get like, blam, just like super exploded, just like all kinds of like gruesome explosions. That was Billy Bob Thornton, right? That the one guy that, yeah. that found the tripwire, but then also got you know super shot in the body by another tripwire. Well, he, he did. He didn't. He didn't get blown up because he gets killed later in the movie at the oil rig. He was the one that was telling him like, "Yo, you need." He was the one saying, "You better nah, you chill out for you get fucked up." Basically. Yes. Okay. Okay. Him. I'm gonna have to go back and find out that was like because I missed him completely. <laughs> uh, but basically, booby traps them through the woods, and then they finally get to the Aegis headquarters, and then Steven Seagal proceeds to become a fucking one man army, and just like destroys <laughs> everyone systematically in like pure action movie fashion all the villains get the worst kind of mm -hmm. death starting with the woman who worked for ages uh <laughs> she gets a really good one like they yeah. just keep dragging hers out and i don't know why because like it should have been the villain's death as far as <laughs> i was concerned yeah but basically what she's trying to do is uh she's trying to escape on the helicopter and the helicopter gets blown up mm -hmm. right so they're like he, he shoots the blades he shoots on the, the back yeah he shoots yeah. the well, even even before this, okay. though, let's back up and just and just say that as he's going through one, Steven Seagal puts a two liter yeah, bottle. Yeah, let's do the let's, let's do the let's do yeah. and uses it as a like, silencer. Well, some of these are wild. There's the two liter gun, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Us, so I believe that. Then, <laughs> but he, yeah, he puts a two liter of Pepsi <laughs> on the uh, he like electrical tapes it to the front of a gun mm -hmm. and uses it as a silencer. And then calls a guy from the other room. He's like, and I guess it works. Them. And the guy comes to the window <laughs> and he shoots in silencer style through the window. <laughs> and then, like, all the people are like, oh, no. He's, like, he's unleashed the, like, acidic gas or he, like there's he, uh, he, 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 he yeah he unloads, something. Uh, or he like opens uh, a, a pipe of hydrochloric acid and it just like mm -hmm. in uh it dissipates into the room and everybody's like oh, we gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah um the fbi, FBI shows, shows up. up at the behest of yep. michael kane and then magruder's like but why is the FBI here if we're trying to kill this man? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is technically a problem for, uh, for ages. Then... That's a huge problem for ages. I don't think he realized <laughs> yeah. that problem first. But then I think the FBI just leaves because everything's like, chaos. Getting, uh -huh. like fucked up. But then at, at, at my favorite part is Magruder and the woman. But Magruder's like, I'm not staying here to yes. die. <laughs> like, this is cr fucking crazy. Yeah. And then, like, Michael Caine is like, nobody else leave. And the woman's like, yes. I have to she, go to the bathroom. To his face. <laughs> says, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. And bolts in the opposite direction. And that's when mm. the other workers are like, oh, shit, we got to get off the, we got to get off this railing right now. Yeah. But then, yeah. So, so then they're on the helicopter. everybody, like, flees Jurassic Park. And then, <laughs> the, so yes, so the helicopter is like spinning, like this is the one helicopter out of here, one chopper out of here. And mm. Magruder and the lady bolt for it, but the he shoots the helicopter blades, they don't work. The top blades don't work, which is a <laughs> thing, I guess. Uh, and the woman is like, all right, bet there's a Ford Bronco over there. So let me run over to that. And she gets in the Bronco. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry. This is just bonkers how it plays out. She gets in the Bronco, doesn't even make it like 10 feet. She crashes into like a wall of pipes. The pipes. Because she's like looking behind yeah. her as she's, she's driving. Really where she's fucking going. First of all, she <laughs> drives right to a wall, which is exactly what she gets. The pipes fall on the Bronco, and then the front part of it explodes. This fire, right? But then the gas tank is also... No. Or is there... There's, there's gasoline yeah. from the car? The gas is, like, yeah. leaking, and, and then, then it catches, catches fire, fire and, like, yeah, rushes to the car. She's, she's in there. You can see her. And then the car blows up. up. She's like, oh. She's all burnt what's up. up. What's happening? She tries to <laughs> yeah. get out of the car, and just the car just, like, boom. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's so long. It's, like, a whole, like, two-minute sequence of her trying to escape. But And then... yeah. I I will give her credit though because she does have one of the most inexplicable lines of the movie where like the the lights get turned off and she for no reason turns to I don't know who and says Easy. Easy. Yeah. and it's like huh <laughs> he's trying yeah, to kill you like, the list, girl. <laughs> so then so she's out we finally X her off the list then we got Magruder. Oh no! And then Magruder gets like slashed to yeah he pushes him into the blaze <laughs> that are still spinning yep so. Uh, he gets the yep, Indiana that's Jones. Right, that's what I was thinking. So Forrest shows Magruder through the helicopter blades. And then Michael Caine sees that and he's like, uh-uh, I'm not interested. <laughs> so again, he runs the opposite direction. And let's mm-hmm. let's all do this because Well, he's like, no, we're trying to fucking like turn the shit on. Like he's like, nobody's stopping this thing from happening. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna stay here and try to yeah. turn I'm gonna the keep well, going. the thing because he told his boy. He's like, hey, come help me with this. He's like, fuck you. And ran <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a scene too. I think it might have passed already. Where it was uh, Arlie Ermy, the dude that's like the leader yeah, of the Mercs. Forgot squad. about him. Yeah, he was. He, somebody asked him again. I think they were like, "Who is this guy?" And he goes into this oh, whole he like, like verbally for like five minutes straight. Just all these. I forget. I wish I remember what he said. But he went on and on, just swinging from Seagal's nuts for like five minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Yeah, like this is the guy, the you know, ex-CIA who like trains, yeah, he trains all the, the other like, best mercenaries in the world, and like if you dropped him in the middle of the desert <laughs> and like left him there with a bikini and like you know a, a, like a pack of toothpicks, he'd show up at your house tomorrow." Yeah. Yeah. Also, and... also <laughs> during the sequence, one of the people who works for you know that mod squad that's like trying to chase Forrest down is a native man I love and they guy. keep That's calling true. him Tonto, oh, yeah. and Tonto to his fucking face <laughs> and then Tonto is the first guy I thought you were talking about out of that group <laughs> I thought you were talking about dude who apropos of nothing they cut to and he's like so should I put the stock in or like yeah. keep the stock oh, that's out? Right. Because like, you know, I kind of feel like a pussy yeah. if I don't have it in. But you know, if I put it in and then I, you know, I want to feel good about myself when I kill this guy. That so was, and it's just that like, wasn't Billy Bob, was it? Huh? No, that's not. Oh, him. Okay. No, 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 no. Because Billy Bob had already oh, died at that point. That. Yeah. So it was. I, I now my notes are a little. Weird. My notes are a little. <laughs> skewed at this point i just kind of wrote down weird things that i saw like knife through the face <laughs> i love that though that yeah, was that's hard. wild that. he put the knife in the tree put the guy's face through the knife and then was like no i'm not mm-hmm. done push his yeah. face yeah. further through the knife so you can see the knife come out the other end like you needed all that yeah, yeah. that was a good dummy kill i like that. there's a bunch of dummy kills in this whole sequence there's also the dude that he lassos <laughs> with like uh, electrical wire, love mm, that, and then he—that's right. All those people look like they actually got hurt during that. They probably did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, well, how does so? This is the part I'm hazy on because I took notes, but then I apparently forgot how he died. 
But how does Michael Caine <laughs> actually get it? They're in the oil rig. Oh. Michael Caine... Michael Caine is like trying to desperately turn this on, and Forrest comes up and is like, "Yeah, cut, cut the shit, out. shit out." And Michael Caine is like, "The fuck are you gonna, fuck are you gonna do about it?" You know what I mean? Like, are you gonna shoot me, you bitch? And like, uh, <laughs> and like he, um, like Akito's him like off the into edge. like a big yeah. fucking hook. And so like Michael Caine is like Upside on down. a big hook. And it's like upside down, and so like he's got to like lower him down. Oh, he's the one that got lassoed. Yeah, I just thought yeah. so. He lassoed him, and so like yeah. Forrest is like you know I don't, I'm not gonna waste a bullet on you. Like I'm not gonna dirty a bullet. And Joe Chen is like for me, do one for me. <laughs> <Forrest>. <laughs> and so he like shoots the cable holding him, and he like falls into the oil. Into the oil. But then after that. I don't know if he dies from that or he dies because like a the whole, whole fucking, fucking rig explodes up. at the end. And they, and they mm-hmm. of course get away. There's yeah. like three explosions in this movie that are shot from Steven Seagal's point of view, or like they show him in yeah. front of the giant explosion. Like it's a trope, but damn, like I did not know that it's like real here. That's also my experience of watching this movie is like, I've seen these tropes played in other movies, but like mm-hmm. this was the master chef right here. You know, <laughs> so basically, yeah, like the epilogue is, you know, Michael Caine was subsumed by his own greed, fell into the oil, the oil rig exploded. He not alive no more. He's definitely dead. Uh, and then we cut to like, I guess the VFW or fucking like Elks Lodge that is like local <laughs> or something like that. And then the local tribe is like standing up there while Forrest. Oh, no, they're at the Alaskan state oh, capital. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I'll, I'll put respect That's what on it says on the outside capital, of the building. Because I thought it was like an L slot or something like that. But they're there. And <laughs> you, yeah. Forrest is at the podium giving this like very impassioned speech about like yeah. how crude oil is like and drilling for oil is like destroying A, our economy, our moral selves. Like we're, we're just fucking up. Like we, and we should invest in electric energy. And like these tribal lands were drilling on and digging through and displacing these people. And like literally everything everyone has been saying for the last like 40 years. He mm-hmm. says in this one monologue that's just cut with like all, and it's chopped up. And obviously he directed the movie, so he had to find these clips. They're all the yeah. like the clips you've seen before the, du- the baby duckling mm-hmm. covered in oil, uh, more bald eagles, there's some bears in there. Uh, you see, like the giant oil rigs across the nation, like these aerial shots, of oil rigs, and like the fire and the uh, gas is going up into the you know the greenhouse gas is going up into the atmosphere and all that stuff. And like it's literally like boilerplate conversation about that, like boilerplate monologue about you know greenhouse gases mm-hmm. were fucking up the earth, obviously. And then like movie over, that's that's it, that's it, all all that, and then we got preached to for like a solid three minutes, and then directed by Steven Seagal, like that's the movie. Yeah. I mean, that scene was going to be. And 40 then there's minutes like too. a, yeah, we'll talk about it because like that that part, but then there's like two credit sequences, or like the credits roll, and then like. We cut to Steven Seagal and Joan Chen. Oh, I turned it off. Cut it off. And like, yeah, I did too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then like, they're just on a boat together, and then like an eagle flies overhead, mm. and like they look at each other as if to say, 
maybe that's your father or maybe uh, that's like i don't know oh, there I was a line he I don't said know i will see you was. on the water after this is all over he maybe did that's say that, that was. yeah so maybe that was it so maybe that was so if they remembered that to... but they couldn't remember like the idol it's that just... he was given like literally that embodied his spirit like what the fuck I... Don't that's for the sequel know, fuck this movie <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. that's crazy. this movie was fucking bonkers that i i enjoyed like every minute of so, it honestly but like it was fucking crazy so you know obviously let's uh <laughs> <laughs> we've talked yeah. for more than a minute but let's talk about <laughs> what this movie yeah means because again it's so wild to think that this is a environmental action thriller where like the point of the movie is that oil companies are bad um you know like corporate greed is going to kill the planet and like steven seagal is like not only the only man that like sees and understands this (laughs) but also like the way to stop them is to like blow up an oil rig which i assume means that you're spilling Easily. oil into got to be the ocean there's there's like, no way you blow up an oil rig and then the oil stops <laughs> flowing like what the oil doesn't like burn up all, in the like, explosion it's or, like, you know what i mean like it's no you know so however much oil was because like uh oh boy emery like comes out of the oil that's like, right he's in like a yeah. whole pool of oil so like there's lots of oil just on the rig as it is even though for whatever reason like it technically hasn't started up the yet. second the and yeah, like the second i also yeah i'm also confused at like the general plan by michael kane which was to like deliberately sabotage his own oil rigs in order to like fuck up the land so that the native people go back you you were almost there you were almost there no it it actually (laughs) i tried to track it too it's it's interesting because like so in the first act that's actual like a mistake that's like chaos that happened the second oil rig the one where they buried Hugh at that's part of a plan Cause like that, they were trying yeah. to blame that on Forrest and Hugh, and like it's you know assuaged doubt on the tribe that they had anything to do with that. We were the yeah. altruistic people, ages. We were the altruistic people. It was Forrest and right. Hugh who were trying to do all this fucked up shit, and we're the good guys. But then Aegis One supposedly has like terrible right. preventers that are mm-hmm. gonna like blow up. So what? Why? Why is he trying to blow up his own oil rig? It, he was um, the preventers were bad on there, but when uh, there's a scene where Steven Seagal looks up on the computer all the information that they're trying to hide, yeah. and it says that he couldn't get them in the mail for ninety days. So he's like, "Well, I only got thirteen days, so fuck it, just put it online anyway, and we'll worry about it later." And that's on. the plan for the rest of the movie okay. is to get the preventers by the thirteenth mm. day, but. Time doesn't fucking matter in this movie because he was on a spirit journey. <laughs> and I, didn't, I can't tell day from night in this movie. None of it matters. But it seems to be that, like, no. on the, the day that, like, he kills everybody at ages one, that seems to be the 13th day, I think. Or at least close to it. Yeah. Because he's yeah. on the computer like, they're coming. Like, don't fucking worry. Like, hmm <laughs> But, yeah, like, he gets to be, like... 
very explicitly and very quickly like the representative and protector yeah. of this Inuit group of people. And like they not only just like welcome him, but are like <laughs> you yes, like you are you are like of legend and like we we would not we like we'd be fucked if you weren't here. Like you basically have saved our land and our tribe because although I don't necessarily understand what the end result is in terms of like he's blown up this yeah refinery and so <laughs> they get the land nope back well maybe I don't know who and, knows because uh well because it's like if you don't do there was some stipulation of like if <clears throat> if, if they don't do something by a certain date then the land rights revert yeah. back to the yeah, tribe um it's very sloppily like, laced in there too like yeah that like part of the that's key information <laughs> but it's like you blink and you miss it yeah mm-hmm yeah, and it's like, you know, well, Michael Caine obviously isn't going to listen to us, but, like, maybe he'll listen to this, like, scary white man who, uh, <laughs> like, blows a lot of things up. Because it's it's interesting, too, like, in, in that very bizarre <laughs> bar sequence. And I'll say, every every scene in this movie goes on too for long, five yeah. minutes mm-hmm. too long, right? Like, every, every scene, it's just like, th- we've been here yeah. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this bar sequence... Like I was, I was asking Brett like before, like is this movie progressive or toxic? Because it like <laughs> goes back and forth between like his answer to I guess curing this guy of his racism is to like yes. beat the <laughs> shit out of him, but then it's like, what is right. the measure of a man? And then he like breaks down into tears and is like, I just need time to like <laughs> not be racist and like process my shit, and then like. He just yep. like taps him on the shoulder uh-huh. as he walks out, you know, and it's like, it's, yeah, you got to do like, you know, we all need to go to therapy. Yeah. Or, like, some it's shit. like equal <laughs> measures, like progressive and toxic, because it's progressive. Mm-hmm. It's definitely progressive for him to ask the question, right? What is the measure of a man? And then it's super progressive after he's well, beat after his he's ass beat for like of his friends' ass, five and then his ass. <laughs> but then he, but then he asks him. But the movie has the audacity to give us a fucking answer. Like that, like that. He actually yeah. in that moment when he was like throwing up his bar food, <laughs> he remembered. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just need time, man. I just, I have a father, <laughs> my mother. Maybe he's like, I just need time to like fucking. I'm fucked up right now, dude. I, I can't think know. about that. What if his was like, like, I, just I need five like minutes in a row, bro. I like give me time, man. <laughs> I don't fucking measure, but, man. Then it's man like, Played his ACDC on the jukebox that you destroyed with my friend's face. <laughs> but then he's like, he's like an an environmental yeah. warrior. And, and more trivia: the original name of this movie was Rainbow. Yes. What? <laughs> Before they ch- changed it to On Deadly Ground. And oh my god, like. <laughs> It's, I can't take it. <laughs> it's progressive in one sense, and even at the end, like. So I mean, let's just Brent's right. Like originally, that was going to be a forty-minute mm. sequence, and aired as a forty-minute sequence at the test screening, in which people booed yeah. and like threw uh, yeah, stuff well, at the well, screen. Wait, um, huh? So wait, wait, wait. The end <laughs> sequence where he like tells us about how terrible we are drilling into the earth and like using fossil fuels for gasoline and things like this. 
That was 40 fucking minutes. It was supposed to be. And he wrote it. Yeah. Like that, he wrote that speech and like, did, and Warner Brothers You've was like, You got to be kidding. Uh, and he was like, Y'all just gave Kevin Costner four hours of cleaning the house. <laughs> Y'all gonna give me my minute. <laughs> so that was the compromise that, that almost like five minute sequence of whatever. Cause that does feel long there. too. And it's like, that strange feels long too. It is. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, especially looking back, you're kind of right. He's not wrong. He's actually like, talking about. You know, it, well, it's also 1994 <laughs> when this movie comes out. Four. And he's four. talking about electric cars. Yeah. Like, we need to be, you know, using less fuel. And, like, we're starting to do that now. We're starting to finally get mm. hybrid cars, electric cars. People are, like, into it now. And, like, was he? On so something? it's like, okay. He, he definitely yeah, was. Yeah, it's like he's, he, he's kind of spitting there. But then it's like the native mercenary gets yeah. called tonto mm-hmm. and like there's just multiple like instances of sexualizing native why are they topless during that like vision quest there's no weird, reason yeah for just like weird things where and i'm like, just one like of them is like no. super busty on purpose and like there's a reason mm-hmm. we cut back to her for like multiple times like it's really gross yeah that sequence. so <laughs> i don't know brent what do you make of like the the blatant white savory <laughs> na- like nature of the movie and like just like the random accounts of racism mixed with like surprisingly progressive <laughs> politics not just for a Steven Seagal movie but like for 1994. I just look at it it's like it's 1994, so it's like you're not gonna get all that in there. You're still gonna get the action movie bullshit that you're normally gonna get. But that's why yeah. the last scene. Well, you know, as a kid, when I watched this, I didn't even make it to the last scene. This is my first time actually finally <laughs> watching this movie all the way through. But it was crazy because I was watching it like you were saying. It's like all this stuff he's saying is real. He's spitting bars like for seven minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> but then everything else in the movie, like, it's it's like, okay, you know, I just blew up an oil rig and killed like 50 people. <laughs> and then I'm somehow not in jail, not being questioned. I get to come to this and give this 40-minute speech. So that was I was thinking about that more than anything. The whole time he talking like he's spitting bars, but the whole time I'm thinking like he just killed a dude, blew up some stuff. Like <laughs> uh, he t- they even because when the FBI comes in, Michael Caine let, tells him he's a terrorist. Yes, that was in my it's, notes. He said he went from the person that was saving my company to an ecological terrorist in like the span of five minutes. So this eco terrorist technically up here giving this speech the whole time. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a yeah. weird ass vibe at the end of the movie. It comes out of nowhere you're you're on point like this movie is so confused but it's at the same time like spitting bars but then if you think about it you're like no you're the same man that like got a chinese woman playing a native woman like you directed the movie that was your choice (laughs) and he's supposed to be playing a native american too right i'm pretty sure he's not (laughs) your man is because he wears he got the jacket was he like uh is he jewish (laughs) is he like part jewish and italian or something like that what is what is Steven Seagal? He's like Irish and Jewish, I think. <laughs> Steven Seagal is like Russian and like I think maybe something else. He's yeah. got a weird like not only familial history but like American, you know, Serbian, Russian citizenship. Yeah, he got three citizenships. He's, yeah, like I think yeah. he currently he's from Michigan. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> he's from Michigan. He like moved to Japan with this woman that he met whose father was like an aikido instructor and like became the first ever 
American to like be a Aikido, like own an Aikido dojo <laughs> okay. in Japan, and like then moved back to America to do his film career. But like I think currently either lives in Russia or some because he like called Vladimir Putin like the yeah, greatest, he did. Um, like mm. promoter of peace, promoter in of peace. Times. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, and then said something along the lines of like, Crimea deserves to be annexed by Russia because they're like a fascist government. And like, he's a yeah, fucked yeah. up dude. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on with him. Uh, but that's why it's so, he's like a smart yeah. dumb dude, right? Like, he's like a dude who's like, he's like, right, he's got a lot of Joe Rogan in yeah. him, where it's just like, he's he's a dude who like seemingly knows a lot of things. But just has no context for them or like hasn't thought about them past them being factual right. things that he knows. Like oil is so obviously like, bad. You know, he'll like say things. None of the politics around it yeah. has to make any sense because we know drilling for oil is bad. Yeah, like he'll say things and like you'll listen to him talk and it's clear that he's maybe like read something or like mm. watched a documentary or whatever. So he's like repeating information. But then like when you like actually have him speak, like for real on something it's like oh you don't know <laughs> yeah. shit like, you're just like you're just saying things you know that yeah. you've heard other people say and so like it's 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 one thing in that he like made this movie because again like the steven seagal 1994 kind of at the height of his powers could have done anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i'm sure warner brothers was like no, this is not the movie they expected him to turn in because I'm sure they were like, this is going to be more Steven Seagal action. You know what I mean? Up until this point, he'd been like cops or like detectives mm-hmm. or like CIA agents or like, you know, all kinds of government, you know, and like now he's like an environmental activist slash like mercenary. Who's always wearing like Indian garb, but like. Mm-hmm. He's wearing Indian garb before he even gets to yeah. like he's in the bar fight in Indian garb and I'm like what are you where did you get that <laughs> and he says something that I don't understand when he's beating up all those people in the bar he goes up to a guy who was calling him cupcake and then he says natives ate oil workers zero oh yeah and I was like are, are you, you- do you count Wait, yourself I'm, I'm, as? I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> Yo, my brain had to do so many backflips because it's like that's 12, 13 minutes into the movie. Like we have it. I don't know uh-huh. who he is. I yeah. know his name is Forrest Tapp. I know he blew up an oil rig with the power yeah. of his body and his mind. And like <laughs> then he went to the bar and had a couple beers with his friend Hugh, who was apparently wanted. And then like all of a sudden he was a native man. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought from the jump they was trying to say that with the jacket and everything he yeah. had on. I was like, oh. I know. So I was like, shit, that's how he's going to play the whole movie. Then when he said that, I was like, oh, okay. So he is supposed to be. Like, I was trying to figure that out for the first little bit of time. But then he gets to the house later yeah. when he gets his guns back and he's like, stop talking to me with this spirit world. Yeah. After this nigga has the shit in his body, he drank the tea. He, he's been signed off on by the yep. elders of the village and he's still talking that bullshit like this mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, I think that's the thing, right? So as, as speaking specifically to the white savior yes. elements of the movie, like I don't know where to categorize him because he's not a reluctant <laughs> savior. Like, oh, he loves savior. That's clearly what he's there for. That's his shit, <laughs> yo. He gets off on that. <laughs> But Hell also, yeah. like, clearly doesn't 
like he explicitly says he doesn't give a fuck about any of that stuff yeah so it's like (laughs) on the one hand it's like you know he's he's not being coerced into this because you know i guess they one they tried to kill him so i guess he's got like revenge in mind and then two like he wanted to shut this down anyways so it's almost like a convenient coincidence that like they both have the same goal and that they now view him as some kind of like god sent like warrior on their Aww. behalf but it's also like there's such a heavy inference to like the inuit people and he like totally shuts it like on camera says fuck all that bullshit <laughs> let's get guns yes you know I mean? yes <laughs> so Spirit i don't know the like, bear be what <laughs> <laughs> i thought the whole thing was gonna be from the beginning of the movie that he was like a native american dude that like i guess lost his way and he got greedy and was like i'm gonna do this for the money then like yeah. he'll go on the spirit quest and then he'll be like oh okay you know i fucked up but that like you said ain't really what happened because then <laughs> yeah. he does all that and it's like well it's still fuck that shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> well because like what does the spirit quest mean right in the context of the movie after no. that <laughs> sequence because it's not even like <laughs> the whole shit is negated when he says that he's like yo fuck all that okay so fuck you being the spirit of the bear the spirit of the eagle you mean to crash and also like the top of the movie? fuck that too like Stand on it. What do you mean? Something, yeah. Joan Chen has no rebuttal for Bro. it. She just looks Bro. at him dumbly and is just like, "Okay, you're right." Real quick, <laughs> real quick. Can we just spend a little time here? Because this is—I I mean, I said it very loudly in the past, like twenty minutes. This is a Chinese <laughs> woman, but on top of yes. this, on top of her being a Chinese woman, she has like no fucking agency in this movie whatsoever. At she was following all. her father until so he got clapped, and then literally just goes with him yeah i was so confused what she was supposed to be doing because like i thought maybe she had like again like technical abilities and so she was gonna like shut something down maybe she knew the way through the forest because like you know this is her land she knows everything about it She's a native woman who knows how to ride a horse. <laughs> and got, and like, got Or at least like knew how to fire a gun, but I don't think she even Not took even a that. shot. No, like, both times she's holding a gun. Both times <laughs> he one man armies twelve dudes, like he says, go in a room. Go over yeah, here. Yep, go, away. go away while I destroy <laughs> these men's balls. <laughs> I, I think the only reason she was really with him is because she that line where she was like, I'm gonna watch you die. So she legit just stuck with him the whole time so she could watch homie die. That was the whole point of the her point. But it I is like a so, deep cause... thing to say to somebody. Like, you know, like, I, like I said, yeah, it like, is. I will watch you die. Shit, she might be there at my death. Next time I see her, I might die. Fuck. Well, like how 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 baller would it have been is like as soon as Magruder dies, she's like, and I'm out. That's yeah. no, that's all I came to do. Right. That, that would have been so dope if like gets it, it in, the, in the helicopter uh, blaze and she's just like Peace. And walks she hits the, the fire. I, I forget my dude's name. You see the gif where the uh my guy from Atlanta throws up the deuces and then just like disappears. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that that should have been her. That should have been like <laughs> goes it. into the spirit world. Like, so much better ending. I would have loved it. I would have ate that up. Because that would actually felt like kind of <laughs> Because me and you, Jordan, we kind of expected, like, the spirit of the bear to, like, emerge at least some part during Act 3 somewhere. 
They say it yeah. a lot. And they say it so much <laughs> that you definitely think like a weird kind of CG effect or like I don't know, you know, like in Indiana Jones when they open the 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 uh, Ark of the Covenant and then it go the spirit oh, goes through all their bodies and they're just like oh, I'm not just like ah, no. I thought that was gonna happen. I went no. deeply into the third act <laughs> thinking that they were gonna open like the oil rig somewhere and the spirit of the bear was gonna like Raw, and like get them. Just how your boy, how your boy in the uh, bear costume, like was a Nick Cage in the Wicker Man, just want to start punching dudes. I would love that. Not the bears, now. not the bears. No. <laughs> Shout out the Wicker Man, yo! I love okay. that fucking movie. <laughs> that movie is the yeah. best. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's just it's it's still like thinking about it and even like talking through it with you all. Like I still don't know. So much of this is confusing, you know, and like you're just trying to figure out like what I mean, the message, I guess, is like, hey, let's be better with the environment and not like do all this. (laughs) But like it's it one like I don't I I don't know why (laughs) we are in Alaska with Inuit people, because clearly, since none of that has anything to do with the overall, like, outcome of the movie, (laughs) this could have been on, like, the Gulf Coast or, like, you know, any other place that they're drilling for oil. So, like, it seemed like an intentional choice. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that in just a second with some of the behind the scenes stuff. But, like, Uh. it doesn't really make sense, like... Um, on the on the when you come out the other yeah. side of it and try to figure out like what steven seagal was thinking so like i guess let's let's do a quick we'll we'll, we'll jumble things around a little bit because i'm just like if you had to remake this movie you know like it's it's hard because it is such a steven seagal vehicle like nobody has anything else going on except for steven seagal in this movie yeah, right like no. there's nobody who's like even Magruder, who I guess is like, I don't know if he's, I mean, he seems like more of a villain than Michael Caine, only because Michael Caine, like, as much as he's eating the scenery, is like, <laughs> much so, you could tell Michael Caine was just like, yeah, this is, but Warner Brothers is giving me a it, check. So and it's a nice know, I'm check. I'm going to show up, I'm going to slick back you know. my hair, and I'm going to give you all the Michael Caine experience. <laughs> but... Yeah, but he wasn't like central in the movie as much as like because McGillig, yeah, it was it was interesting like because McGregor was seemingly, yeah, McGregor mm-hmm. was seemingly hired to do his dirty work, but like yeah. was very bad at it, yeah. except for when it came to the old man. Like he fucked the old man <laughs> up, but then everything else, like he was just taking L's left and right. <laughs> he technically took an L there too because he didn't find. He never found a disc. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's not very good you at this. Killed an old man. You just tortured and killed an old man. Yeah, for, no, for reason. no reason. You didn't even find what you wanted. Like you gotta live on that, bro. <laughs> so yeah, Brent, do you think do you think this movie works without Steven Seagal? Do you think there's a way to do it with one of the Inuit people as? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Bro. Only thing lead? I can think of that might make that work is if you just made Joan Chin the fucking lead, but and have her do the action, and then yeah. maybe that they, maybe that would make more sense with the the quests and all that stuff. But, but as a no as idea. a Chinese woman, <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta gotta recast her first and then make that and character. No- <laughs> 
and I have no idea how to make this work without Seagal. Because I, I was even going to say, because I know you guys haven't seen a lot of his movies. This is actually, from what I can think of, this is a v- way more violent than usual for his movies. Like the scene no. with the dude with the knife and everything. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I, I can't think of any other movies where it's like, I mean, they get bloody and violent, but not like that, though. Like yeah. he's shooting dudes and you see the nuts exploding, <laughs> faces getting destroyed and everything. I was watching like, damn, this is violent as hell. For like an environmental action movie, he's like I know. real violent. I was my jaw was on the floor a little bit. Also because it's like 1994, so like we're we're more violent in our movies now because I feel oh, like yeah. people a are desensitized to it and b like the capabilities like makeup make things a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So like we also in the 80s, you got a lot of like somebody's about to eat like a horrible horrible death, but then like we cut away real quick or to like yeah. the blood splatter on the wall, whatever. You know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. movie kind of like does like has its cake and eat it too because like there's some scenes where somebody will die and it's like no nah, you don't you don't need to see that one, but then there's also the yeah. man who gets a knife through his entire skull and we see the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> or even like you said with girly getting burned up, you see her face all burned and she like yeah, ah, and then blows up and they see the car and everything blows up, <laughs> but then like McGruber or whatever it gets like thrown into the blade yes. and then it does that cutaway you're talking about. Right, they they literally like send him into the blaze and he's like. And then, like, the next time you see him, his body is limp under the blaze. He's just like, oh, yeah, I died. I'm <laughs> yes. <dead."> but the <laughs> girl, we saw, you're right, you saw all of that. It's like, you saw her yeah. suffer. Like, Come on. <laughs> and I was, when I was watching it the whole time, I was wondering, like, oh, yeah, she's going to have to die at some point. But I didn't think, because Michael Caine got dropped in the oil. He got thrown in a cutaway. Like, I was wondering, why Why the fuck did she get the most visual death out of everybody? I know. <laughs> I was just like, she seems... Not like a good person, but definitely not as bad as those other two people. Like she hasn't killed anybody. She seemed like she was yeah. paying off her student loan. She got a nice job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is her first job out of college, probably. Like she just stuck with it. Just so happens it's a shitty company. Like she don't need to die. Die. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna kill yeah. an intern at Fox News. Like I'm not gonna like go up at Fox <laughs> News and, and find a guy making a coffee and be like, bitch taking all you motherfuckers now. Like, no, that's, that's, that's useless. And that's also like, I think back to your question, Jordan, that's a little like, what is the problem with this movie? Because his message is strong, right? The message is strong. Yeah. But regardless, mm-hmm. it's like you took down one guy. How many people o- yeah. drilling oil yeah. all over the place? Like, <laughs> and you took down one guy with like maybe the efforts of a tribe, but like that tribe, the mm-hmm. chief did. Everybody back at the village still waiting on hearing what happened because, like, they're not going out yeah. there with guns and C4 and landmines and, <laughs> and trees yeah. and shit and trip wires. Like, they don't have that capability. They have a Yamaha snowmobile and weird keys. <laughs> maybe, maybe Forrest is the chief now. He's going to take that care of That should have been the real end when he came back, sat at the fire, and was like, I am Chief Forrest now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking too. Um, I haven't seen the movie you were talking about. Like, if you were gonna remake this movie, there's a movie I think it's called like Deep Water Horizon, maybe. Uh, oh, the that's the oil rig movie. That, that's the yeah. Yeah, they were saying. I guess that's based on real events and yeah. something similar to, to what the plot of this movie happened in real life, and that's what that's based off of. So I guess technically this did happen in real life and got remade in a way. I guess I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But <laughs> there wasn't nobody running around stabbing people in the face. Yeah, that's why I didn't go see Deep Water Horizon. That, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was no spirit. There was no bear spirit in that movie. So, like, you know, can't get me to the movies. No crazy vision no. quest for me. <laughs> I would say, I mean, like, the biggest issue 
with this movie is that like because everything is all over the place there's really no Mm -hmm. direct through line to like here's the message right (laughs) i mean the message is kind of like all right like environmentalism is good and so with the same question mark we should do that but also like (laughs) yeah but we should do that to like do as much like like he's like the malcolm x of environmentalism he's like by any means necessary doug like we're just gonna blow everything up and kill as many people as necessary to like get rid of this guy yeah so i think that you've got like something here i mean like the idea of a environmental action film is like a interesting I'm with it, idea yeah. i guess yeah. but it's also like the execution of it one like don't don't bring all these you know inuit people into it and like don't don't bring them into it specifically if you're just going to appropriate their culture to like have a weird trippy sequence in your movie and like don't bring them into it as like just passive like people who can only do what you allow them to do right like you none of them have any go as far as you take them killed and so or they just have like fire ass like retorts like i will watch you die that's it i will i will (laughs) i will look upon your burning body like later or or mr itok when he like takes off his glasses is like all right i see you nigga (laughs) like that's all they do is like hot ass retorts so yeah now you know we're looking at it and just trying to figure out you know like i don't think it's a better movie if there's an inuit lead although i will never say no to that scene of that guy <laughs> screaming my nuts <laughs> because it's just like <laughs> the greatest things i've seen in a movie um but yeah i i think it's probably it's probably yeah. better left as this um because like this is just like you know, you can't recreate this like vision of Seagal's because it's just like a, a crazy thing that is central to his yeah. <laughs> beliefs and like identity. But like, um, you know, if you if you had a group of Inuit people who just decided they had enough of a oil company and like you know went in and like fought them off, I guess blew the shit <laughs> up and fire. Like, peaced out like that could be something i just don't know if that's a good because this movie is like uh, operating in a weird weird lane it's like we expect a certain kind of like wildness from steven seagal right and this being his movie Mm -hmm. that he directed you know he delivered on that but at the same time yeah like yeah in order for him to make the thriller the ecological thriller it had to be like this ridiculous thriller at the same time mm mm-hmm yeah um so let's let's get into some of the behind the scenes because i there's there's some interesting things some uh not very cool things and then uh just like a very interesting 
piece that mm. ran in Empire mm. magazine about the making of the movie that like has some 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 good oh, some good Michael Caine quotes to it. Um, so I, just going through the IMDb like trivia, um, like there is the the story about the stuntman uh, Sven <laughs> Olthorsen who did get legitimately knocked out making this movie. Um, Michael Caine oh. replaced Jeremy Irons. So it was originally supposed to be Jeremy Irons in that role, which would have also been an interesting thing to see. Yeah, um, Jeremy Irons is a good villain. He's he's, a, he's the villain in um, Die Hard with a Bed. Yeah, he's pretty. He's yeah, like a really yeah, good part of that movie. Other best, best part. part of that movie oh. was Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Though. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Whoa, that's true. Come yeah, on, that's true. Other choices uh, before <laughs> they got Sir Michael Caine were were Sir Anthony Hopkins and Alan Rickman. Which also oh, oh, another diehard yeah, another diehard yeah yeah um, like we said before Anthony Hopkins would have been kind of wild yeah. to see do this that'd have been well, fun to yeah. see they were also thinking about Henry Rollins for Magruder which would have been a that's very nineties <laughs> that's very nineties he'd have been it'd have um, been way more hyper yeah <laughs> <laughs> Magruder wouldn't take no shit he was like you got to put me in no um and then just. Another just like a weird thing was that um like the way that the movie I guess like they did a lot of like weird stuff, I think just because Seagal. Uh, <laughs> and this was his first time like <laughs> directing a movie, and so they were trying to look for um a good place to shoot the film. And so like obviously they wanted to shoot it on, you know, location in alaska so they had like a couple of places to choose from and so they chose valdez alaska but it's like a weird place that like mm. again according to seagal like there were times that it was just like snow and like 30 below and times it was like 90 degrees and yeah. so they had to like bring snow in from other parts of alaska to make sure there was enough snow on so that's when they go into like that forest area where it's just like all of a sudden there's no snow yeah you know it's just like we're the just topography in changes literally within the context of a scene like they are riding across like the snow driven tundra getting in that mountain right yeah with the c4 and stuff they cross the mountain and then it's like new mexico yep yeah. So that was just like a oh okay like none of this really makes sense but that makes more sense I guess it's just because the other parts of Alaska they were thinking about shooting it was just so like volatile weather wise that it was going to be like mm. we might be trapped here um, but the movie took five weeks to shoot and so like <gasps> what yeah. <laughs> It was a real just No, like, they shot this whole thing in five fucking weeks. Five Yo. weeks. Um and like <laughs> it just kinda like was almost a marathon, right? Um I told you yeah, this stuff looked safe, yo. That yeah. man who got on the explosion, I don't know if he lived. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to look for stuff about that. I couldn't find it. Um, oh, but, you know, he I is mean, he is he looks like um a dummy on a miniature set because <laughs> he looks way too small and he he just jerked around like he doesn't yeah. make it through the whole threshold and his arm is like ah yeah in, in a, <laughs> anyway anyway go on well as, as a famous uh 
cultural observer once said, sorry to that man. Uh, because he... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened to yeah. him. Uh, but the movie, so the movie's written by Ed Horowitz and Robin Russin, right? And so they say mm-hmm. they wrote it for Clint Eastwood, right? And Clint Eastwood oh. wanted to do it, at least from what they heard. But he's also, like, done a shit ton of movies and, like, you know, may have just been, like, saw the script and was like, eh, maybe. But, um, you know, they never really got mm-hmm. any any real information back on that but apparently eastwood and seagal at that time had like offices in the warner brothers studios like right across from each other and so there was a lot of like mm, that's weird crazy energy uh going on so um <laughs> well we we know about that uh clint eastwood having an office on the on the lot we got stories yeah. from that <laughs> check out our check out our other episodes but one of those stories yeah so but again like this was the height of you know, Seagal's powers. And so like he decided Mm -hmm. that he was going to make the movie, but then immediately like started to like rewrite the movie. Like as soon as he got the script, because he wanted to add a whole (laughs) bunch of other things. Right. And so again, uh, this is from the empire. These Inuit women (laughs) topless. We're going to get into it. This is, this is from uh, the, the empire magazine feature where, like they said, this movie was originally titled Rainbow Warrior, and it came from a dream that Russin had of Arnold Schwarzenegger riding a killer whale. And Whoa. so they okay. came up what with this whole, thinking? I don't know, Doug, they had this whole like <laughs> action hero environmentalism thing in mind, right? And they based it, I guess, again, on what they say is a Native American myth about the coming of a world-saving messiah. I don't know why he's white, but that's what they decided <laughs> and oh. they were basing him on uh red adair who was like a famous uh person during the gulf war who battled a lot of oil well fires and so that's what they were thinking about they said it was going to be lawrence of arabia in the snow was kind of how they were pitching it oh um, but then Seagal came in and he was like <laughs> yeah. so here's what we're going to do right first of all we're going to change his name to forest because it sounds greener uh, <laughs> um, and then you know he just kept pitching weird things at them he was like hey i'm thinking why don't we have six mercenaries in a sakarsky you know helicopter and they were like why not 12 mercenaries in two helicopters you know <laughs> just like trying to like, like yeah. one up him and he was like yeah i'm with that uh but <laughs> you know they were just like i think I don't know if they were fucking with him, but like he just kind of kept like saying like, Probably. "Yeah, that sounds great," and they were like, "Oh, don't try to outgoon the goon." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's a scumbag. He's like, "I bet I got you." Yeah, like everything that they like originally the character did have like a explosive stockpile, but like Seagal was like, well, "Why doesn't he have more weapons? You know, why doesn't he have all this other stuff?" So like they just <laughs> kept bringing it up. He was supposed to be a heavy smoker, but Seagal wouldn't. Uh, or he was heavy smoker and drinker, but Seagal was like, I don't drink on camera. So like mm. his compromises, he would just like sniff a flask. <laughs> just like a weird stuff. But, you know, like Seagal sent them to go do like a bunch of research, you know, about Inuit culture. And so that's where like the bizarre Eskimo vision quest came from. But like, you know, at least mm. Horowitz claims he didn't put the nudity in there. It wasn't his idea. So you can guess whose idea it was uh, yep. <laughs> um 
people will kind of go back and forth about how good Seagal was as a director. Some people said he was pretty hands off and just kind of was like, you know, there and around. But like it was really the cinematographer Rick Waite who did most of the the heavy lifting and directing. Uh, um, other people will say that like, yeah, he was he was very you know there and competent and you know doing it. Seagal himself afterwards said that he didn't really like the experience of directing because it was like six months of his life to like film it edit it put it out you know and like being an actor is more just like i come in i do my parts and i leave so he was Mm -hmm. maybe disenchanted with directing after (laughs) making this movie um (laughs) they also you know had hired a a cultural advisor for the film um who projected to steven seagal like apparently putting together like prayer circles before every you know scene that they filmed uh and he was just oh. like that's not we don't do that please stop doing that <laughs> um, <Quit> it. stop <laughs> it <laughs> michael kane in his autobiography the elephant to hollywood said that uh steven and his team were great to work with but he says that mm. you know the wait for a decent movie had made him desperate and he broke the one cardinal rule of bad movies, which is if you're going to do a bad movie, at least do it in a great location. And here I was doing a movie where the work was freezing my brain and the weather was freezing my arse. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you could tell that he was kind of like, mm, you know, I, I, I came here to, you know, like you said, camera, I think we were talking about this before. He knows what movie he's in, but it's also yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you typically do these movies where you get to go to like Bermuda or like you know like an exotic location. Don't, don't be not... the villain in Alaska. Yeah. Be, the, be the villain in Puerto Rico. Be <laughs> yeah, the villain yeah. In, like yeah. Um, wow. but <laughs> that's hilarious. He was like, "Let me get this check." Oh, oh my shit. god! Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, one of one of the people who were working on the set said that Stephen Gazzal was he was great to work for, but he was hard to work with. Um, and that you're, if you mm. were on his team, he treated you well, but he was a problem for people above and like tells a story where Steven Seagal like was having this back and forth with the Warner Brothers executives because they wanted to cut his big 40 minute speech at the end. Uh, and he told them <laughs> to stop. Pre- they told him to stop preaching and he accused them of being in league with oil companies and threatened not to promote the film. Uh, so... <laughs> like, <laughs> Man is, he's like you're trying to silence me he's like no dude you're trying you're to boring. save the movie yeah um, trying to save your movie <laughs> from you um and an unfortunate note to end on but it is something to bring up because steven seagal has a history uh, of uh rape i guess is yeah, the only way to put it yeah. uh is, no, you know, no so a woman uh regina simmons who is an uncredited extra claims that after the movie wrapped like he invited her back to his place that he was staying at for a rap party but there wasn't a rap party it was just steven uh, uh, and there were some other people who have claimed like on the same film that like he was very handsy and touchy and kind of rapey um mm. so you know boo boo to steven seagal uh for a lot of definitely boo to steven seagal for that um uh, but and then the last last thing too is yeah we said we mentioned that Michael J White was in the movie Plink and you miss him but like he said that 
I don't know why he does so many Vlad TV interviews, but he does. And like he <laughs> was speaking to Vlad. And he was seems smart like, enough too. He seems I, smart like he wouldn't do those. I mean, maybe he might be getting a check. <laughs> so I mean, like, you know, an easy ten thousand yeah. dollars to sit down with Vlad. I don't know. But he was saying that he was doing the movie and that, you know, like Steven Zagal has a history of just like hitting people, like legitimately, like during fight sequences. <laughs> But he didn't try that shit on him. So, <laughs> hell no, he didn't. <laughs> I think he was like, maybe he knows who to fuck with and who to not fuck with. So, <laughs> he saw his face. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I ain't trying that. Um, but, Brent, we've reached the point where now we need to see what the reception to On Deadly Ground is uh, at all the different aggregate review sites. So, starting with IMDb, what do you think On Deadly Ground currently has out of 10? four okay cameron i think he's gonna have a six 4.6 so uh, oh wait, a little we, bit of both we both got <laughs> yeah um steven Zagal has a big fan base for reasons i don't understand and i feel like it might just be that like middle-aged white man game recognized oh, yeah. game like you know oh my I, god yeah. yeah we are we are one in the same and so um Go you to know, Ohio, of... <laughs> find an older white man above the age of 50 <laughs> and ask him about Steven Seagal, and I bet he's got an opinion. Yeah. I'm going to go outside and find <laughs> one for you. Yo, yo, do the internet. Hit us with an interview, man. I'm, I'm right here on the south side of Columbus, Ohio, and that's nothing but older white dudes yeah. around. Let's go. You know they got you, and you've seen them. You've seen them at the supermarket. All the time. Wearing their Adidas jumpsuits. <laughs> like, you know what? Another day. Here we go. Let's do it. Oh, legit. When they had to use video stores around here, there would be tons of Steven mm-hmm. Seagal DVDs in there. And I just remember, too, Um, you said, when you were talking earlier, Trigger the Memory, he's done this a second time. There is another movie. It's called Fire Down yep. Below in 1997, where he was an EPA agent again. Yep. So and a, if you want more of this. I mean, apparently, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's another movie that he does afterwards, after that movie, where he, like, apparently stops a CIA produced pandemic with like native American tea. So like, oh, he's got, one. he's got a lot of weird shit going on, uh, <laughs> uh, post this movie. So if we go over to rotten tomatoes, what do you think out of a hundred percent on deadly ground has, uh, from the critics or the audience, <laughs> uh, let's, let's do both. Uh, critics, 25 audience probably like 45 okay Cameron <laughs> um, yeah I guess so damn uh critics yeah it's not a good movie that's the thing it's not good <laughs> as much as I enjoyed it like I had a great time but it's not good um it's not yeah like 30 30 percent critics the audience though gotta fuck with it the audience is like at least that's... like 55. Yeah. Um, critic scored 12%. Cool. Damn. <laughs> Audience scored 34%. So, oh, shit. <laughs> not, not good either way. You usually so take sometimes it's like... Throw it further in the yeah, toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, a lot of the reviews are like, very much this is a vanity project from him. I think yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot. Because it's like, <laughs> I think people... I, I can't tell. You know, because obviously not having 1994, like, 
mind state. I don't know if yeah. like the the environmental talk people didn't buy it because it was Steven Seagal or it was just like no nah, nigga we getting this oil like what are you talking about you know I, mean? like, I can't it might be a little bit of because <laughs> you gotta think Warner Brothers got some kind of like they, they got money they got invested yeah. interest in like global properties right mm-hmm. I don't know uh, well let's go to our absolute favorite Amazon.com uh, out of 3,000 reviews what do you think on Deadly Ground currently has out of five stars. Two. Okay, Cam. You don't understand. That Bezos machine, baby. Come on. Where that, <laughs> where that 1.7 at? Oh, wait, wait Cam, are you, you saying 1.7? I'm saying 4.7. Where that 4.7 oh, at? Oh, 4.7. Oh, well, 4.6. Oh, so. come on. <laughs> 75% five-star ratings. Yeah. Um, People, <laughs> the movie it. had like, explosions. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it is like this is a good bad movie. You know what I mean? Like oh, people, yeah. people enjoy it not because of what it is, but because of what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people though are genuinely like, "What a great man! What a great film!" Uh, so oh. these, are, these are where his his fans congregate is on amazon uh to give him his flowers um but it's time for us to put this on our capacity ranking scale so brent you already know the three levels but we'll go through it again first level is shorts in the winter (laughs) kind of you know like what is winter although i know i mean in the midwest y'all just got snow snow. yeah y'all just got it is is oh you know, the crazy thing is that it ain't hitting Ohio very much. Like, we got it real bad in January, but it was like the other day, it was 75 degrees outside. Yeah. But it happened and like right above 35. your state. That storm is like right above yeah. your state, mm-hmm. though. That's- oh, yeah. we. It, I'm I'm happy. I don't, I, my, I got actually stuck in the ice. Yeah. My car was frozen like early a couple months ago. So it's like, I'm glad I ain't dealing with that again. Yeah, 75 degrees a day. You going to go and get a smoothie today or something? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go out there with my shorts on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, so this is the level where nobody's being hurt. It's just kind of a curiosity. Why did you make this choice? Mm-hmm. What's happening? You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I guess it is what it is, but like you should make better choices with your life. Yeah. <laughs> Camera, what's the second level? Uh, the second level caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. So now it is violent. <laughs> Ventured my space. <laughs> And you know damn well they didn't ask. They didn't ask no questions. I'm like, oh, your hair looks no. so nice. And as they're asking, can I touch it? They are already touching it. And at this point, is a violence. We know what they do. Uh, this isn't exactly like, you know, a world-ending violence. But it's definitely like more, you know, we got questions now. And now you're trying to come at me. Uh, so uh, that's the second level. <laughs> now the third level this is a story that has kind of recently gained some more ground i don't know if either of you heard about it but we got another one Mm-mm. shout out to rachel dolezal uh shout out to sean oh. king shout out to all of the oh, race no. deceivers out there uh meet the latest one uh, i like that term I'm using that. <laughs> uh raquel avita saraswati who um, is the chief equity inclusion and and culture officer at the Philadelphia based American friends service committee 
very much so, um, you know, promoting not only just things about, you know, pro uh, Muslim activism, queer activism, multi-ethnic uh, women activism, but, you know, she's, she's a progressive force within the Philadelphia activist scene. Mm-hmm. Except as, to quote her mother, this is her own mom saying this, oh, no. she's as white as driven snow. um recently uh, a letter came out um from a bunch of different people you know who claim to have information about her that she is not who she appears to be um she is you know somebody who will go on to all these different like uh right-wing places and kind of like promote herself as like the the muslim voice for you know communities Except again, her mom has said that she, her mother, is German and British, and her father is a uh, Calabrese Italian. So oh. that her her daughter has chosen to live a lie, <laughs> and I Damn. find it very very sad. <laughs> oh. Well, the <laughs> so, of, of course, yeah. <laughs> this the the typical typical thing. Sarswati, I you know I don't know what to say. Her last name is her mom's last name is uh, Perone. Uh, so. I don't know what this woman claims to her last name to be that she says it's Saraswati. Uh, but uh, according to her employer, Saraswati stands by her identity. And she's written on Facebook that I assure people that as soon as I'm capable, I will provide answers to the recent discussions and attacks on me, which is very much what I said about Sean King on the last episode. Just show us a picture of your family. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> and then that's it like what what answers do you have that can't be explained by a family picture like i don't know what it is that what you have to dig up and uncover if somebody's you know i mean like if somebody says i don't think you're black or i don't think you're latino or i don't think you're muslim like there's not a well if you let me take a few days to explain right it's like no i can tell you right now (laughs) where that comes from in my family so yeah, yeah. you show me like a family picture and i'm like well there you have it and you say but wait 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 no wait there's no wait there's no wait <laughs> there's no wait that's i see what i see yeah and so see bob this and is the level that's what i see <laughs> this is the level where you know exactly what you got going on you know what you're doing you know what it is there's there's no shame here you know like you are as her mom said living a lie and it is very sad um (laughs) and like it's it's the ultimate level of violence of like damn dog like we can't even be us anymore like you gotta be us too like can you (laughs) stay stay on your side you know like being an ally is one thing but like becoming us is like a whole different you ain't got to do that. You ain't got to Shang Tsung our identities. Your culture is mine. <laughs> um, oh, man. So where do you think on Deadly Ground ranks out of those three levels? Man, it's like I'm riding between that second and top <laughs> yeah. level, honestly. And I'm trying to decide where I'm rocking towards because... Not only did you get Steven Seagal trying to be Native American, like you said before, you got the Asian woman trying to be Native American. Then you got the whole tribe making this white dude like, oh, you're the one. And we're going to put you on this whole quest instead of any of these other people that are in our tribe right here. So it's kind of like, fuck, we're our own. 
screw it, man. We're going hard. It's at the top level. We got top level this year. I got to do it, man. It's too many. If it was just a goal, maybe it might have been the middle. But the fact that Joan Chin, too, is like, no, nah, just the top yeah. level. Get them all in there. Cam, okay, what do you think? <laughs> I, this might be the first instance of this on the podcast for me. Oh, okay. But this oh. is definitely top level. Caucasity. <laughs> this is like it's it's like inarguably top level caucasity. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of thoroughly enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Me saying like, I, I would watch it again. Like I would watch it again. And it's bad and it's bad for people. It's like bad for us as a culture. But I would watch that again. <laughs> I think you know, I, I, yeah, I'm with y'all on the third level, not only because of what we said, but then also because they keep calling that man Tonto. Yo, that's true. Andy, first, they killed the first, him. That's, they yeah, killed him. The first, that. the first native person we meet is like an alcoholic in a bar who's like, that's true. You know, stumbling around. Uh, Steven Seagal again says, fuck your culture. <laughs> I got guns. Like, what do I need an ampulet for? <laughs> That's right. You gave me this um, ambulance for the spirit of the bear and the eagle. All right, cool. Yeah, if I can't put it in a gun, though, I don't. What am I, I gonna do with that? Can I load so... it into a twenty-two? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck. So, yeah, it's just a weird. And then, like, cause it's it's so hard because, like, that ending as wild and unearned as it is it's like but it's true like mm-hmm. there's nothing in that that's like <laughs> false it's just what like why is this the end <laughs> of your movie it's kind of like watching <laughs> bad boys and then at the end they go like but police violence is rampant every day and you're just yeah. like what? <laughs> <laughs> what? and y'all just black. just footage of right Footage of Rodney King. Yeah, it's like it's like reverse oh, Malcolm X. It's like you end the movie with the Rodney King footage, but then Will Smith is telling us about police brutality. It's like Jackie Chan meme confused. Just like what? What? So yeah, it's like there's parts that I really enjoyed. My nuts, my, nuts. my balls. <laughs> just, all of just the the random Seagal violence explosions, like that guy flying out of the explosion. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. Like it's it's the kind of bad movie that I like to watch, uh, but it's also like it's wrong. Though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing good is coming out of this. So um, yeah, as we get out of here, Brent, let's give some people some recommendations for things to watch, and it could be. If you have another Seagal movie that you're like, yo, if you liked this, like this is this is the wave to get on. If it's a movie that you saw recently that you're just like, yeah, like this is also like just a, a fun good time. Um, if we go on Seagal movies, like when I said as a kid growing up, I loved all the uh, the older ones, mm. and I have I think I still got them DVDs upstairs. But there's one he did called Out for Justice, mm. and um, okay. oh, I can't remember the guy's name that plays the bad guy now, and he's like always a bad guy and everything. Fuck my mind blank, but. I remember flipping through channels one day and it was playing on TV at my grandma's house. And the bad guy's a guy named Richie. He's like supposed to be like a crackhead and everything. He's a super bad guy. And he's sitting in his car. So a woman comes up behind him because he's just sitting there smoking his dope and everything. And the woman comes up like, ah, ah, like, she's like, get the hell out of the way. And so he got out of the car. Head. And I remember I was like, I had the remote in my hand. I was like, nah, we, we about to see what this. I didn't even know it was a Steven Seagal movie yet. 
I just saw that one scene. I was like, that's the first five what? minutes of the movie. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so Alfred Justice and, he, and that one, he's playing an Italian guy. He's supposed to be like, I don't know if he's like ex ex mafia dude, or, but he has mafia ties in that movie. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and there's a scene where he goes into a, a pool hall and he's trying to get information about dude. And he has a sock okay. and he puts like a couple pool balls in there. And he's like just swinging around, hitting dudes in the face with pool balls. So it's it's a wild movie. Like if all the series going, that's my favorite one. Like I love that movie. Like on there, I don't care what nobody say. I love that dumb. Okay. So if you wanted more Stevens to go, I say watch that one. That's the one to go to. So for more Caucasity, <laughs> you go to Alfred Justice. <laughs> exactly. Or a fun one though, if you want, I was saying okay. Morris Chestnut is in Under Siege Two as a uh, sidekick. Uh, but if you watch Half Past Dead, he's the bad guy. So you can okay. see Stevens going Morris Chestnut fighting in that one. And you got Ja Rule there too. So Morris Chestnut probably right. like Stevens gone, my nigga, yo. Like, that's oh. my dude. <laughs> he put me on. I got you. Yeah, I know, right? Ooh. And they even made a sequel okay. to that movie, but without Steven Seagal, they they put Goldberg in it, the wrestler <laughs> instead. Oh, wow. And then that movie, uh, yeah, it's him and corrupt from the dog pound oh, wow. in the sequel. Oh wow. That's, yeah. How do you get lower there? <laughs> how do you find like niggas who are like appropriately lower tier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ja okay. Seagal, nah, uh, give me the Dollar Tree version. <laughs> we got yeah, and corrupt. Bet. That's that's yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because corrupt was in the first one, but he had just like a little bit part. So I guess he got upgraded for the sequel. Like yeah. They called me sticker fingers. <laughs> my, my number came. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I'll come back and do it. Why not? <laughs> um, Cameron, you got anything to to re- recommend? Um. I don't know if I've recommended it on the podcast before. It came out pretty recently. Um, but if you want to see a movie where some Native people uh, kick ass, mm. uh, watch the the Predator prequel, oh, Prey. Mm. I haven't seen that yet. Very cool, actually. Uh, it's actually probably, I would say it's up there with like Predator 2 as like mm. the best of the Predator movies. So, so you like Predator like 2, Predator too, too yeah. huh? Every time I tell people that, they look at me crazy. It is. Probably because I said I like the second one. I like it better than the first one, but that might just be me on that one. But I, I it's like, a wild movie. It's a wild movie. It's a wild movie. That's when the, the Jamaicans that's come it. out, it's just like, what? Yeah. That's when they show, like, the truth. Like, they're like, yeah, we we sort of based them off of this. We're not going to lie. We're not going to lie. That's yeah. why they put them in the movie. It's, uh, but but Prey is actually really cool, and it's told from from, uh, from a native point of view. I forget exactly which tribe. I think it is Lakota. Actually, hmm. is the tribe in that movie? But either way, it's actually it. It's from their point of view. It's spoken in their language. There's a, there's a version of the movie you can watch in their language, kind of yes. like how oh, they did okay. uh, Crouching Tiger Two when they shot the same movie twice. Just one in another language. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. And that kind of signals at least like a more knowing Hollywood. Like, okay, we, we can't get away with this kind of bullshit now. <laughs> but bare minimum, we can at least give y'all a Predator sequel. Yeah. That's devoted completely to your culture. That's like, and it, give, and it gives a female protagonist, you know, the some of the best like moves in the franchise. It's a, it's a dope movie. Um, and it's a nice. good like Friday okay. night, so check out Prey. Okay, uh, I will suggest something that I hope we get more of, and that is Southside, uh, just because like it's R.I.P. Crazy that it's not getting it's crazy it's not getting the second because I feel like 
White Lotus alone <laughs> is paying for most HBO comedies, and so <laughs> gotta like, be this this show does not cost a lot to make. I have to imagine, but like Southside is one of the best comedies in in recent you know times. I mean, even if you're thinking about Abbott Elementary, and you're thinking about um, you know like The Good Place and a lot of these other things. Like I'd put Southside up there with like any of your your recent and current favorites and i would like second only, that wholeheartedly it's only getting better you know yeah, that, that's like also the thing is weird level because it's like word of mouth spread between season two and three yeah and that's how they got like the season three renewal was because people were right. like yeah let's, let's watch it so i thought it was gonna follow through but mm-hmm. i guess not and they were getting you know like chance the rapper came back like they had a bunch of like great cameos like i mean yeah. it's a show that i think people are are enjoying but for whatever reason who knows why wb does the things that they do you know but yeah. uh, <laughs> i would say watch watch Southside. hopefully if they stream it enough and people you know they're seeing that there's definitely an interest in it if they don't undo that decision like somebody else will pick it up and we'll get more more j mall which is what we all need uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just um, need more uh more wig yeah more yeah, wig oh, <laughs> more good night singing randomly yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, I do love that show too yeah well that, <laughs> i think that's gonna do it for us here this week uh burnt tell everybody where they can find you where they can check out home video hustle what else you got going on uh, I just got to say real quick, too. I forgot about it. Y'all might be interested in There's another Steven Seagal oh, movie on. called Marked for Death, Ooh. where he's fighting Jamaicans. <laughs> and and, it, and, it, and it's, it's him and Keith David, what? though. Yeah, oh, let's no. go. Oh, Keith David, that's my man. I just, I forgot. About it. We quote that. I quote that movie all the time on the podcast because there's some outrageous right. fucking lines yeah, in that movie. That. So you might have to look I'm into that. Keith David got to be on that. They live energy. <laughs> yeah. He is pretty. I think he was, for I remember. They like, it's a lot of explosions in that movie too. that sounds amazing okay uh <laughs> but yeah but um <laughs> um i got a podcast called the home video hustle you follow us on twitter at capital h capital v capital h capital p lowercase i cast hvh podcast on twitter um unfortunately my boy pj me and him used to do the podcast together but he got another kid on the way him and wife he trying to get a crib and everything so he's had to step away for a little bit so it's my brother cameron and my cousin christopher have joined me on there and recently i've been doing solo episodes i had never seen any of the Rocky movies. Okay. And I've never seen any of the Creed movies, but I want to see Creed 3. So I just blitzed through all the Rocky movies and I've released episodes on one, two, and three so far. Oh, you got four, you five, got, and you six. Got a ways to go. You got oh, you still haven't even made it to the second half of the Rocky movies to make it to Creed. <laughs> oh no, I I have recorded, I just haven't okay. released them. Oh, I haven't edited okay. them yet. I got one through six done. I just now I gotta do Creed one and two, but my girl wants to watch those with me. She ain't seen them either, so I'm right. waiting on her. That's crazy. Right. Good. You, you got a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get them in quick. But yes, we're doing that. And uh we're currently, as we record this in our Black History Month marathon, because we do February and March, because fuck you, not giving us one month. Right. So we took That's two. Right. <laughs> That's right. And so <laughs> so far we've done we did Friday, we did Foxy Brown, Conference. we did Surviving the Game, and then School Days is the last one we did. Mm, love it. And next up, as we record this, I ain't announced this nowhere. This is breaking news for everybody hey. listening. I've never seen the color purple. I'm going to do the color wow. purple. Wow, nice. The color purple. <laughs> this is first time. The watch. color purple is one of those movies that when it came on TV, this is back in the old school days when people had landlines. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time, oh man, you haven't seen this movie, but there's a scene. The final scene <laughs> of this movie is so gut wrenching mm-hmm. that when it would be mm-hmm. on television. Uh-huh. 
my sister would call from across town and start doing the dialogue and we would just do the dialogue <laughs> of the final scene of the color purple until the end of the movie and then no there's no need for a goodbye or like further conversation just click it's over we're done mm. that was <laughs> every time <laughs> I'm going to find out soon. As I just realized, I was laughing as I was looking through my bag of movies that I ain't watched yet. And I have The Color Purple and Purple Rain. I haven't seen oh, either one of those before. Whoa. I've never seen. I got. Oh, I got the, I even got the sequel to Purple Rain and everything, but I've never watched them yet. Love. So that's probably going to be after Color Purple. got some great movies to watch coming up. If, if, you, if you need somebody to come on and yeah. talk about them with you, let us know. Hey, I got we you. are here we'll and we there. have seen them. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna, I'm, I'm a holla at you. Sure. I was going to suggest, I don't know if you've done Abar, the first black Superman. <laughs> I, I haven't done it. I do own it. And um, I got a friend, Stephen Izzy, that have a podcast called Everything I Learned From Movies. I did it with them years yeah. ago. But I got the DVD. I've been thinking about breaking that out for my podcast. Because that, that's, that's a movie. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we love us some Abar over here, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to break that one out for y'all, man. <laughs> Uh, well, Ken, tell everybody what you got going on and where we can find you at. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and IG at TheBlipster1138. Um, got a show I can't talk about right now, but that's coming up mm. maybe summer. <laughs> I don't know. I just wrote on it, but it was a great experience. Um, and yeah, I got some more foolishness coming down the pipeline on Twitter and IG and working on another project this year. So. I can't talk about a lot of stuff, but I do. I swear I do do stuff other than this podcast. Stuff is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSOSA18, JRSOSA18. Uh, Red Sonia, Hell Sonia, the final issue is coming out on March 22nd. The re release of the DC Comics anthology, DC Power, which is all of the DC Black superheroes, is coming out on March 14th. So be on the lookout for that. And then the Milestone Talent Showcase, which is all of the people in the Milestone Initiative, uh, is coming out on May 14th, which is going to be just stories with us doing all of the different Milestone characters, Icon, Hardware, Static, etc. So be on the lookout for that as well. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter, and you can hit us up at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you have Steven Seagal movies to suggest or, or things to talk about, um, we'll watch them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This started something, we'll be, something bubbling in our uh, systems yeah. now. Uh, you know, I mean, if they're all like this, uh, that's they are. there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> but we'll, we'll be back with y'all next week for more Cacacity. Peace. 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 You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved.